Network exclusive. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Doctor the Chest Radio. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Destruction turns me beautiful. We are back baby it's your boy chevy chavry the excellence of podcast execution it is chop to the chest radio with the brains that is el guapo and the bronze behind the chop that is mr 409 himself mr nate laws we are in the house we are interviewing the heartbeat the cog that spins the machine of reality of wrestling that is mr kevin bernhardt we are digging into his wrestling career we are digging to his brain for wrestling we are digging to the future of reality of wrestling all in this interview i'm going to keep this intro short because it's kind of a long one but it is so good you can hang on every moment with mr kevin bernhardt so sit back hold on to your wrestling tights and let's get into the interview right after a word from one of our sponsors let's get in this many baby. cats have been let out of many bags that's right we are talking summer of champions that is august 10th bell time 7 p.m it is a night of returns mr rex andrews will be returning to the reality of wrestling ring and not to mention the shogun himself brennan williams is getting back into a reality of wrestling ring straight from the halls of nxt brennan williams rex andrews that is august 10th it is the best wrestling of the summer that summer of champions reality of wrestling august 10th bell time is 7 p.m get your tickets at reality of wrestling Dot com. That is realityofwrestling.com. Summer of Champions. Hit it up now, baby. Come and check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Shot to the Chest Radio, baby! Woo! I am so excited. It's your host, Chevy Shavaria. The excellence of podcast execution. Um, we have a, an amazing special guest today. I'm so hyped about that. But before we jump into that, let me introduce my brother from another mother, Mr. 409 himself, Mr. Nate Laws. Tell him what it is, baby. Man, it's your boy, Nate Laws, 409, most definitely in the building, and we are not alone. According with our guests, we got my man, the man that I would, the man in the power. Man, tell him who you are, baby. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, El Guapo, and we're back. We're back with a new attitude, so get ready. What new attitude is that? I don't know. We're about to find out. We're back. I'm super excited. excited. I'm excited. I like that. Guap is in shorts, man. I'm excited right now. Don't be breaking kayfabe already. Guap is in a suit suit and tie. We're not on the air. They can't see us. We can say whatever we want. (laughs) I am here with what I believe, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but nobody's going to be correcting me. The heartbeat of reality of wrestling. The brain behind it. Don't be making those faces. Mr. Kevin Bernhardt himself. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How y'all doing? That's good. I'm, have you do you, have you done a lot of podcasts, Kevin? I have. I did a lot back in the day. Back I was in rusty. the day, I haven't done one in like a year. So y'all are talking about being rusty. Like I'm gonna be rusty at podcasts. Right, so, right, right. We're, we're good. We, we we haven't done a podcast in a year. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, Hurricane Harvey came through, kind of killed all the spots we were recording, yeah. and we just uh-huh. hadn't picked it back up. Mm-hmm. And um, so many people have come to me and said, "When are you restarting your podcast?" By so many people, at least like three just or four, us two. <laughs> like y'all two. There was maybe one podcast, other person baby. that listened to it. So 
some of the wrestlers are like, look, I just want to talk about myself. You know what I'm saying? So y'all need to start. So we're in it. But we're here with Kevin Bernhardt. If you don't know who he is, Nate, fill him in. Who's Mr. Bernhardt? Man, Mr. Bernhardt, man. I go way back with Mr. Bernhardt. Y'all would say Nate Law's already got a story about somebody. Let me tell oh, you got about a story Mr. about Bernhardt. somebody. Back in the day, what, 2008, I believe it was, uh, I, I met Mr. Bernhardt in uh, Alvin, Texas. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Yeah, going back to Alvin. Man, that was uh, I believe that New Breed Wrestling Extreme, Bam Bam Steel and Onyx Cooper promotion. Yeah, that's the first time I was introduced to Kevin, but he didn't go by just Kevin. Man, t- tell him about back in the day, my brother. Tell See, him about. So back in the day, we went a little more, a little more. Uh, y'all went a little more. Was what were you saying? New attitude. New right. Attitude. Well, I had I had a little different attitude back then myself. Okay, okay. So a uh, little prettier, mm-hmm. little longer hair, a little more makeup on. Kelly Kevin going around working on, you know, all the guys over there. Had a good time. You know, out there, out there the, the folks out there listening don't know who Kevin Kelly is. Describe the the wrestler that is Kevin Kelly. So think so it originally I'll give the backstory. I always have to give the backstory. So um I was just wrestling with myself for a long time. Just Kevin, yeah, I was a Cajun kid and I was Kevin Cormier and Kevin Bernhardt, just doing all the different random gimmicks, just being the guy. Everybody wanted to be Shawn Michaels at the time. So Everybody's wrestling, and I went to go do a WWE tryout. Um, just got to Booker's not that long before that. Went to go do a WWE tryout, and did my match, did well, not anything great, you know. And afterwards, Booker came up to me and was like, hey, man, one of the guys here really important saw you and really liked you. He's got something for you. And he was like, uh, I was like, oh, what is it? I'm so excited. I'm thinking, like, something awesome. I'm thinking, like, you know, it's had Ray long Rooster's hair. coming back. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> like, I was talking about surfing all the time. I had a nice little tan or long hair. I'm thinking, like, maybe, like, a surfer gimmick or just something cool, you know. And Book's like, I'm not going to tell you quite yet. He was like, come to the school on Monday. I'll talk to you all about it. So I go home all weekend. I'm pumped up. I'm excited. Ready. I'm just ready. I'm like, man, somebody saw me. And then eventually, later the day, like Triple H is the one that came up with it. I was like, dude, I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, Triple H came up with my gimmick. I'm stoked. So Monday comes along. He's got a giant smile on his face. And he's like, I'm a, he's like I don't think you're quite ready. I'm going to give it to you next week. And so I'm thinking like, oh, man, this got to be the greatest thing in the world. Like, Book's hyping this thing up. So then we finally sit down. He says, all right. So Hunter came up to me, and he was like, that guy you got, man, he's got something right there. Man, he's a pretty guy. He looks, man, you, I just saw him that long hair. Man, he's pretty. Mm. He was like, have you ever seen Adrian Streets before? And I was mm. like, ah, so Booker pulls up a picture of Adrian Streets. Adrian Streets is a flamboyantly gay, long hairs, makeup on, and Book's like, this is what you're going to do. And all of a sudden, my heart sinks. Mm-hmm. I'm just devastated. Because again, at the time, like, I'm like, you know, third degree black belt, like trying to be all macho, this and that. Like, you know, Steve I'm Blackman like, over yeah, here. I'm like 18 years old. Like, no 18 year old kid wants to get told, like, we're going to put you in makeup, you know, uh, from New Orleans and like, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm like, uh. But then eventually it became my favorite thing I ever did. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I was a skinny white kid. I'm like, not some, you know, big giant guy. I needed something and I didn't see it at the time. But, uh, yeah, it was great. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And that's true because actually watching him get over with the crowd, I mean, he comes out there, he's doing a little dance, you know, shaking his thing, and the people are just going nuts. They're just like, oh, my God, Kelly, Kelly, just going crazy. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I mean, let me see what goes on. So I'm checking out the match, and he is just – He's playing to the crowd. I'm talking about it's just little kids going wild, guys are going wild. You know that one guy like I don't like this, but he's on on the inside. He's like, "Ooh, get it, get it!" And it's just something like 
everyone says they have it, but a uh, few really show it, and I believe that he actually shows it. My my journey back to being a wrestling fan, actually, I don't know if I ever told you this, came through Kevin Kelly in a weird way. We were, long story short, we got back into wrestling. A friend of mine invited us to go, hey, come watch the Royal Rumble. I haven't watched wrestling since high school, and we used to love, like, eat, breathe wrestling, you know? And then you get out of high school, you kind of meet girls, and da-da-da, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of goes away, and uh, the same guy was like, come watch this, and we're like, bro, we don't even know who's wrestling anymore. We get back into it. Um, Royal Rumble was amazing that year, and we all just kind of got sucked back in. So we go looking for local. Hey, we never thought about. We're always just waiting for WWE to come in town. We're like, there's local wrestling. Never crossed our minds. And then they were like, hey, I found this Booker T promotion, man. I was like, cool. And they were like, there's a guy who cross-dresses and wrestles in the girls' division. And we thought that was the funniest thing. And we're like, let's go check that out. And I think the night we went, you were not there. But the website promoted you like you were supposed to. Because we went through the roster. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that was the big, like, hey, that's funny. Let's go check it out. And we I've been following Reality Wrestling. It was like right when the name change was like a week. Like yeah. we went to the promotion and like a week or two later, the name change came in. Yeah. So, you know, I always believe, I'm always, you know, a big firm believer in, there's got to be, this is circus. You know, there's got to be clowns. There's got to be high wire acts. There's got to be, you know, the strong man. Uh, if everybody's the strong man, it gets real boring real quick. If the circus is all clowns, it gets pretty boring pretty quick. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah. have a little bit of everything. And, and everybody's got different tastes. Like you said, I, I have a lot of friends that are like, they love comedy. They love comedy and wrestling. So it's like, if they go to a show and it's all super serious, they're like, eh. Right. You know, if they go to a show and some people hate comedy and wrestling, but if it's like one match and a thing, like you got to have a little bit of everything. Yeah. And that's kind of what this was. And like, I didn't get that at first. You know, it took me a while, you know, to understand, you know, wrestling. Because everybody just wants to be Stone Cold. Everybody wants to be The yeah. Rock. You know, and then once you really get in there and you're like, oh, like, you can have a huge fan base right. by doing something different. You know, and nobody ever says, hey, I want to be Goldust until we're 20 years down the road and he's still like selling out crowds. Man, you know what I'm you saying? You know, it, it, was, uh, it was Boogeyman that gave me that best advice because, you know, I, I've told a lot of people in this, like when I first got the character, you know, I was really down about it. Like I didn't like it. You know, I wanted to be a serious wrestler. And, um, you know, it was Boogeyman that turned me on to, he was like, look, man, he's like, you can make a career in this. You can make, you know, like not everybody's going to be Stone Cold. Not everybody's going to be, the guys that've been around for a long time and like the veteran guys, they see a guy like Goldust, like man, this guy gets it. They yeah. see Boogeyman, like oh, he gets it. And like he can, he's making a career, he's making a living, he's making people happy, uh, you know, doing something different, you know, because there's very few people that can make a great living being that, you know, being Daniel Bryan, you know. So right. it's it's one of those things, man. You got to have a little bit of everything, and that's why I've, you know I grew this, became a favorite, best thing I ever did. Good deal. Um, so, so that reminds me of, because I grew up watching Lucha, Lucha mm -hmm. Libre in Mexico, and they have, well, I don't know if you're all familiar with it, they have the Exoticos. Yes. Which is, that's what my mind went straight to when you were describing it and then going against the female wrestlers. So that's what took me to it. And I mean, down there you would think, you know, that it's all this macho mentality, but growing up, everybody, they love that Exotico division. I mean, it was it's just entertaining and fun. Yeah, and that's the thing, it's just, it's just fun. Uh, and you can go so many routes with it, you know, that's one of the things I really loved was, you know, you can go against, you know, the female division and that kind of stuff, and then, you know, a month later you can do a little, you know, character change, tweak it a little bit, and all of a sudden you'll be wrestling the guys and doing stuff, so it just gave you a lot of, a lot of leeway, and it actually taught me a lot, because at the time, you know, not trying to be, you know, sexist or anything and stuff, you know, a lot of the women, especially like in the independent scene, weren't that great you know there right. was a, you know there's a few i mean there's some it was, there were, it was a different era it was, it, different was, era. it was the hey you look like a model get in the ring so we can sell some tickets there exactly yeah. and whenever it's on a travel you know you had a few you know you had you know ember moon you had jessica james you know all the girls that you got to you know you know i knew you have a great match with 
And then you had a lot that, you know, again, were models and this and that. So it actually taught me so much because it was like, all right, go get 10 minutes out of this girl that's wrestled seven times in two years, you know? And that was just such a big part of it, but it taught me so much of like how to wrestle, you know, and how to be entertaining and how to fill in the time entertaining the crowd and all that kind of stuff. Because I always say you learn more and you, I learn so much and people do teaching. If you can teach, then you learn so much of how to do. Uh, and having to, you know, wrestle people that aren't maybe the best and having to carry, that's when you learn how to be great. And, uh, and it's true, you know, that's when I probably learned more than anything. I wrestled for a long time, wrestling great people, and I was just following, you know, which you can learn a lot that way, but eventually having a lead is what eventually can make you something good. But let's take it back. We're talking about Kevin Kelly. So prior to Kevin Kelly, what what made you? How long have you been in the business, let's say? So I started when I was 13. 13 years what? old. Yeah. At yeah. 13 years old, what, what told Kevin Bernhardt, this is what you're going to do with your life? So... In kindergarten, I... I like this. This, yeah, this back. We're going this back. Real quick. Here. Look, we going back, all right? I like okay. that. Uh, in kindergarten, I started martial arts. And so it was just one of those summer programs, and it's never stopped from then. So I started teaching, doing stuff. And it was... Uh, and I liked wrestling. You know, my um, my best friend, the day after Hogan turned heel, you know, was like, we got to watch this thing. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. But, you know, I guess it was like, what, 96? Uh, so I turned it on, and I'm hooked. You know, I think like Ray Mysterio was like the first person I ever saw, and I'm like, this is amazing. And then, uh, so I got into it, you know, like everybody does at that kind of time frame. And then I was doing martial arts, doing competition teams. Like we'd go to these shows and everything, like, you know, be at schools and we traveled around. And there was a wrestling show that came to my local high school, which I didn't know there was local wrestling. Like, I mean, a lot of us kind of, you find it, kind of like you said, like you didn't know there was like bandies. And we did a thing, so we had to do, you know, our board breaking and stuff in a ring. (laughs) And... After the show, I was like, and this is awesome. So I went and found the promoter. Because we know we had to we were working with him because it was his show. So we were getting the ring and doing stuff for karate. And, and I was like, man, how do you do this? Like, what is the, you know, like, he was like, what is this? You know, I love this. And, uh, and he told us, he was like, hey, I've actually got, because on the show, there was Gabe Hollier and um, The Pride mm-hmm. and uh, Alex Villarreal, who was on Surf and Surge and had a few different gimmicks here in reality wrestling. And I saw them and they were like 12. And I was like, how do you do this? And he told me, he's like, well, my goal is I want to, get a couple of really young guys, break them in super early. That way, that by the time they're like 18 and can actually go wrestle, they'll be good. You right. know, and they'll already have some years. So, uh, you know, it's kind of just a barter system. You know, he didn't charge me anything, that kind of stuff. He just uh, he just let me come train, you know. And uh, it was, you know, he did some construction. I helped him out, you know. We did stuff, you know, manual labor and set up <laughs> rings and all that kind of stuff. You know, go to all the shows for free, set up rings. But it was a great deal. He, uh, at, at 13 years old, he took us on the road. You know, it was Saturday after you know school or friday after school we'd get in a car mm-hmm. he'd pick us up from school we'd go to shows saturday and sunday and he'd drop us off sunday night you very know? like a fighting with my nice. family i've seen that movie oh, yeah. the van pulls up and yeah. just throwing and, kids in the van and that's kind of what it was yeah. you know god bless my parents you know i don't know how they did it you know because they were super you know protective and strict and that stuff but they were like nope we trust this guy you know he's a really religious guy uh you know great guy and he uh but he was just like all right you know i'm gonna take care of them i'm gonna teach them, you know and you know make sure they're fed and have a hotel and you know somewhere to stay and take care of them, make sure they're safe. And he drove us to the show. We set up rings and uh, set up all the chairs, and he let us wrestle. You know, on the parents' end, I mean, I, I somewhat get it. Like you're, they're keeping your hands busy. Yeah, so your hands aren't getting into other things. Yeah, you know. You know and, and like I said, it was a good role model. So she was, you know, they were okay with it, and and that took over my life. You know, mm-hmm. you know, 13 years old. That was that was it. You know. Yeah. So he's at 13. He's already doing stuff where the guys are like. 
23, 24 now, they're experiencing it. He's already experienced it while they're uh, just... What What runs through your mind when you have some of these trainees come in and you're like, hey, set up that ring, and they're like, what? Uh, it, it's great. You know, <laughs> it, it's just, it, you, know you, you learn it from early on, and that's why I, I'm very big about that. You know, I tell people right before they start and they sign up, you know, it's this is what it's going to be. You right. know, I'm letting you know that now. You know, this is what it is. Um, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no I don't want to do that or whatever. You know, we're not going to ask you anything that all of us haven't done. You know, and, and honestly, a lot of the guys here have it really well. You know, because it's not having to set up rings outside and hard, right. you know hot parking lots and you know that kind of stuff. It, it's pretty nice. You know, there's AC in here and you it know nice. it, it's, it's a nice, nice place. Though. You know. Um, Speaking of, we're, we're here, and, and Mr. Bernhardt allowed us to, to record in. This is what's a recording booth and reality of wrestling um, where, where Booker T somewhat does his radio show from time to time. And, uh, you know, I just feel, you know, like we're sitting. I, I'm not scared to sit on the shoulders of giants. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It makes me feel tall for once in my life. So, um, you know, we are at the, the World Gym Arena where they host um, reality of wrestling every, what, do you have a cer- certain Saturday? That yeah, second Saturday of every month. Second Saturday of every month. By They're location, no, every, sometimes throwing special shows. Yeah, yes, we've, been, we've sure. been doing a lot of special shows lately. You know, we've, uh, that's one thing we've been trying to do more and more, and we actually got some more coming up in the next few months. So, uh, you know, our goal is have book, something booked here every weekend, you know, or every that's other awesome. weekend. That's, yeah. that's been the goal, you know, and, and the building's been so great to us. You know, we've had lucha shows, we've had MMA, boxing, you know, other wrestling promotions. The Ladies Night Out. The Ladies Night Out, a title match has been great for us. Uh, you know, we did Rise, uh, the Impact Show that we just finished here. Impact Show was amazing. We're ah, here. Yeah. Front no, row, be- before we before we jump into that. that so town. we're 13 years old, Kevin <laughs> yeah. Bernhardt's in the ring, jumping into wrestling. Um, at what? How old were you the first time you actually set foot? At 13, so, were you training? Were yeah, you, I started training at 13. Okay. Uh, this is one of those things we don't recommend uh, yeah. in, in, in this business anymore. But uh, it was one of those things here where very much, you know, crawl before you walk, walk before you run, you know, that kind of stuff. Right, right. Uh, I was kind of thrown in the mix. It was, uh, I did about two months of training, and then it was, all right, we're going to put you on in some capacity. So my first ever thing was uh, actually with One Man Gang. Uh, and it was just so funny because, like, what a great way to get heat. With but, One Man Gang, you said? Yeah, so. Hold on, hold One Man Gang. Like, WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead yeah. guy? Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, there was a an ongoing you know rib ongoing gag because we were always doing spot shows. It was always just another town, another place, another place. So it was rare that you were at the same place twice. So uh, we had you know a bunch of kids. So to open up, it seems like every show that was the rookie of the year celebration to where you know either Gabe or myself or some other one of the other guys that was young uh, would get the rookie of the year award. And then it became a joke because it was like, you know, we've been wrestling like six years, and it was like the rookie of the year, <laughs> right, right. you know. But it's always had the same little award. Um, and, and they take it back from you when they're exactly. done. Like, <laughs> take your award back. Uh, go to the we next town. Use this next town, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, so, the first ever show I went to, uh, Woman Gang was booked. Uh, Wrestle Rick or Mark Von Eric, and uh, was my trainer. And it was always one of those things that they do something at the beginning of the show. You get an award. One man gang would come out, beat the crap out of whatever just got the award. And then, um, you know, Rick would finally, yeah, Rick would come out, you know, get great heat, and then Rick would come out, fight off the wall, and then they'd set up the main event for later that night, you know, and it'd be, you know, the two train, you know, our trainer. That reminds you know, me of uh, One Two Three Kid coming in with the with the money sack and Razor exactly, Ramon. yeah, it's exactly. Beautiful. It's it's just it's such an easy thing to get some heat and get some you know some fun stuff. And so the first ever show and they got a good rib on me was, uh, you know, gang was running late, and I was you know not in any wrestling clothes or anything. I'm just in like street clothes and. Uh, so they're doing the award thing, and I didn't win the award on this one because it was his first things. But 
gang was beating up the guy and I was supposed to run out and like try and protect my friend. So, but I'm in street clothes. So I'm telling him like, hey, so what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, do, am I supposed to hit him? And this and, that, and Rick just kept like, hey, yeah, just get behind him. Just spin him around and he's going to punch you. And I was like, okay, that's all I got to do. And he's going to bump you and then he's going to hit you some shots, going to throw some, you know, drop some elbows on you. Eventually I'll run out. All right. So we're just about to go out and I still haven't seen gang yet. And I'm asking him like, hey, is he here? He's like, he just got here. He's like, does he know what's going on? No, nah, he's a professional. He'll, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, he doesn't know. He's going to think I'm a fan that just jumped in the ring and he's going to blast me. So finally I turn him around. He's got a giant chain in his fist, around his fist. And right before he punches me, he drops the chain and gives me this nice little working punch. Uh, and I'm just sweating bullets. And then when I get to the back, you know, he beats me up. He gives me a splash. He's, you know, whatever. Uh, when I get to the back, I'm, you know, they're all laughing and everything. And I'm like, what? what's so, you know, like, oh, thank you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've known for hours. We've just been messing with you. So I'm just sweating for like two hours this, thinking I'm going to get beat up. This is your first, like, in-ring professional wrestling, yeah. and you're in the ring with legends. Yeah, legends and thinking he's going to, like, legit beat me up. That's... And then they find out that, no, nah, he's known this whole time. He was just messing with me. He's been here for, like, the last hour. <laughs> uh, so just good times. But, yeah, after that, um, it was probably a good, you know, two months. So I'd say my first match, I was, like, late 14. Really? Um, yeah, because I had that, and I, uh, I had some injuries really early on. Uh, just And that's why I'm so big about how I train people here. Because um, it was, you know, just getting there and go. And, uh, and there was some, like, we got in before practice one day, and some – I learned how to take a back bump like the day before, and somebody did like an angle slam on me and broke my ankle. You know, like you know the first you know week in wrestling. So it was one of those things if you have little injuries. And uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, it was like 14. I'm Chevy Chevrolet with Chop to the Chest Radio, and as you know, Chop to the Chest Radio is a love letter to local wrestling. You're out there, you're listening, you're getting super hyped up, you're hearing all these wrestling stories, and you're saying to yourself, I want to be a part of that. I want the cheers, I want the booze, I want to be part of all the electricity that goes on in and out of this ring. I want to be the best storyteller in this business. Well, now you can. So go check out the ROW Wrestling School at 10,000 MF Lowry Expressway. It is open from 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. Learn everything from in-ring basics, promo classes, proper diet and exercise, and television production. You will also learn how to build and work matches in front of a live audience as well as our television show. Not only will you be working with some of the best trainers in Texas that will make you a well-rounded, trusted performer, this school is owned and operated by Booker T. That's right, WWE Hall of Famer Booker T. So go check it right now, the ROW School at realityofwrestling.com. If you have any questions, any questions about pricing, you want to set up a meeting greet, that's the spot, realityofwrestling.com. They're making some of the best performers coming out of the state of Texas. Amazing shows, amazing television. Go check it out right now, baby. 14? Yeah. So from 14, how old were you before you crossed paths with Booker T? So Booker opened his school, I want to say it was in... 2005, 2006. And what was this one called? So that was PWA. Okay. Um, and he opened a school, and it was actually the Pride. I was, um, sounds so country, but I was um, I was out shooting a gun, like my friends out at the levee somewhere. I'm like, you know, I don't even know what we're doing. You know, drive your Chevy. Yeah, you drive your Chevy. Don McLean somewhere, like, yes, I get it, yes. Yes. He just he just drives by like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're welcome. Yeah. Where's the fine? Yeah. Right. And I don't even think I, I guess I had a cell phone at the time, but it was some little crappy cell phone. No key. And uh, yeah, exactly. Right. And, um, Snake. Because I would never, <laughs> never had to drop a car though. No, right. there you go. No, I was like, uh, I was 18 at the time, and um, 
just got out of high school and I get a call from Pride, you know, Chris, and he hit me up and he was like, Booker T just opened a school. I heard an ad on the radio, so I called him. And he was like, we've got a tryout tonight at seven. And this is like four o'clock, you know, in the afternoon I get this call. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like telling my friends, I was like, that don't know anything about wrestling, you know? And I was like, so we have to leave now. Like we just got here. We had this whole like day trip plan. We're like, just like grabbing guns and shooting them in yeah, the air. Exactly. Like, and I'm like, wasting bullets. Exactly. Like we got to go. I've got to try out, which, you know, like at the time you don't know what that means. You know, it was just like, yeah. uh, we'd get in the car, we hop in. So it was the opening of the school because they had an opening and then this was the reopening because the opening didn't go too well. Um, Booker and Stevie had a different opinion mm-hmm. about how to run the school. How many so, times have you seen that? Oh, it's been a few. <laughs> brothers. It's been a few. Brothers. Yeah. And um, so they had the opening, and then the school shut down the next day. <laughs> wow. Um, and then now, they did Was a, this when it opened in Pasadena? Is that correct? Or This one was on uh, Commerce. No, no, this was before Commerce. Yeah, this was on Commerce Street, oh, down, okay. like downtown Houston. With and the uh, mirror on the yeah. side of the yeah. building. Okay. So, um, so they had the re-grand opening like three weeks later. And um, me... Alex and Chris, they were the guys I started with, uh, all showed up. Uh, first day in, hadn't signed anything, hadn't done anything. We're all 18 years old. Booker told us ahead of time that his plan at that point was he didn't want, if you had bad habits or you've been wrestling for 10, 15 years, he's like, I can't do much for you. You know, he was like, I'm looking for either new people or people that can, you know, bring something in. And uh, we were young, and first day in, he's like, all right, come here. Because he's, you know, in WWE mode right then. Like, he's in very much like work every day, wrestle every night. So uh, first day in, he's like, all right, everybody give me five minutes. So he gets you in the ring and he wrestled for you for five minutes. He's like, so he went through all of us. Then after he's like, all right, guys, if y'all want to do this, you know, I'll see you Monday. So uh, your first steps into Booker T school, you're rolling around with the WWE yeah, legend. Yeah. And at this point, he's still on TV. Yeah. And yet he's like U.S. champ, I think, at the time, or in that little range. He's doing like stuff with Benoit. I think it was around that time. Okay. And, and, and uh, let's, let's, let's. What was your thought? What was running through your head? What was running through? Booker's the stiffest wrestler in the world. <laughs> um, like anybody's ever been in the ring with Booker, like it's real to him. And um, so when he grabs you, he grabs you. When he hits you, he hits you. And um, so I'm like, okay, freaking out. You know, I was like, all right, well, in this year, kind of try out. So you're already gonna be nervous. You're like, you want to do this. And then two, you lock up with him. And anybody's met Booker, like he, he's got some grip. You know, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a tough man. So, um, and it's like, so this is Pete Booker conditioning, you know, 2005, you know, and um, yeah, man, he grabs you. We do, you know, and it probably doesn't go five minutes, you know, it's looking back at it, it's probably did like three spots, you know, not just probably, you know, little chain wrestling, hits you with a couple of things, gives you a big hip toss. He's like, all right, kid, you're, you're all right, you know. Um, so then it's like going to the next, going to the next. I think it was the last one actually, which was the worst, because like uh, the other guys, like Alex been wrestling for forever, and got great footwork and stuff. So it was like, all right, you know, books like, all right, you're good, you're good. Gets Chris in. Chris is, you know, even though he's lazy as all hell, he's just a natural at wrestling. <laughs> like he can do anything. So it's like, all right, you're good, you're good. All right, next, I get in, and like I'm the least athletic of the crew. And um, so you can tell Booker's looking at me like, God, oh, a skinny guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So then we go, and you know, we do it. And he's like, all right, guys, like come on the office. Um, and it's funny because like you, you never know where life's gonna take you because uh, I was always trained and taught, like once you were trained and you knew how to wrestle, like that was it. It was like, you know, if you went to another school or this or that, it was just like, it was for, you know, it was like, ah, oh, cause it used to be like back in the territory. I, all my guys are like early nineties, you know, late eighties, early nineties kind of guys. And it was like, when you go to a school or you go to somebody's training, it was like, you were just kind of customary of, you know, yeah, you can roll around with us. You know, it wasn't like you start back over, you know, ground, you know, at zero. And, uh, and that was the mentality I had. 
And so Booker gave us the price and all that stuff, and it's like four grand and everything. I'm like, man, you know, I, I want to be a wrestler. You know, like I shouldn't have to, you know, and that was just my mentality. And uh, so when I'm leaving, I'm thinking everybody else is in the same boat with me. And so like we get in the car and I'm like, well, that was a bust. All right, man, that sucks, you know? And everybody's like, man, I can't wait to be there on Monday. And I'm like, oh, we're doing this. They're like, like we, we already signed our checks over. Yeah, like, yeah, like they're like pumped up. They're like, and I'm expecting them to be like grumbling and, you know, because they've been doing it longer than I have. So I'm expecting them to be like, oh, I can't believe you wanted to charge us, this and that. And then like, you know, we get that. And I'm like, oh, oh, man, we're coming back on Monday. Like, all right. Uh, luckily, you know, I had the money. And um, but it was one of those big life things. Because honestly, like, and I always say this, I was like, I could be in a totally different position because my mentality at the time was wrong. It was just like this, you know, you know, kind of negative. And I was like, oh, now we're not going to do it. And um, it just took, you know, and, and I just went with the pack. And I'm glad I did, you know, because it worked out really well for me. But right. it was uh, You're like, and then I left my pack behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I so soared to the top. Yes. Climbed that ladder. It was, um, it was really good for me, though. But it just kind of shows, like, you know, if you got to just go with the punches sometimes. You know, you got to roll with it. You got to, you know, take chances. And I wasn't right there willing to take that chance yet or I wouldn't have been if I'd just been on my own or if somebody else in that group would have been like yeah dude let's not do it I'd have been like yeah you're right you know and uh, and it's something I've really worked hard over the years to like not ever fall on that because I look back in that like a year later and I was doing really good here I was like well I can't believe I almost didn't do this you know for something so stupid of just a and um, there's a wrestler and uh, I always give him a lot of credit um, Ben Galvan uh, New Style he's up no, you know Ben yeah I know Ben uh, you know, I always give him a lot of credit because, like, he was the guy that we kind of looked up to because he was the, you know, we're doing all these tours, doing all this stuff, and uh, you had the older guys like Rick and the guys doing the main event stuff, and you had the guys that were right under them that were, like, you know, early 20s, but to us, like, you know, they're the older veterans, but they weren't, like, old because they still, like, come out with you and they still hang out. And, uh, and he was really good, and I really looked up to him. And he's the one that pulled me aside, uh, a couple of us aside, and he, uh, he was like, I know people are telling you don't go to Booker's. Or, like, oh, because we already started, we are doing it. But they're all those older veteran guys like, oh, he's taking advantage of you, or oh man, he's making you pay, or this or that kind of mentality. And he was like, the worst decision I ever made was he didn't go to Shawn Michaels school uh, at that first group. Uh, so he got invited, he was you know there. And he didn't go for that reason because his dad and a few other veteran guys who have been in the business forever were like, no, he's taking advantage of you because he's wanting you to pay and this and that. Versus like, you got a thing he told me, this is the best analogy I ever got from that was, this is, uh, it's like college. He was like, if you go to Harvard, and you graduate, and then you want to go to Yale to get your master's, you got to pay to go to Yale. You know, just because you got a you know, degree at Harvard, they're like, oh, yeah, you're smart. Come on. You know? Yeah. It's a school. It's a, you know, it's a, you're learning more. You're going to higher education. Uh, and once I was told that, I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. You know, that really opened my eyes. And, and he told me, like, his biggest regret, and this was a couple years after the Sean thing, and all those guys all got signed, that first crew of Sean's guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Ben was right there with them, and he decided not to do it because, you know, what his dad was saying and a few other veterans. And, He's like, the biggest regret I had was not taking that step, even though I really wanted to, but I wanted to listen to them instead. And, Could um, have been Daniel Bryan. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and he was so yeah. good. And he was such a good talent at the time. And it was a couple of years after that. And, you know, he had kind of, you know, not given up on wrestling for a little while, but he kind of, you know, was like, oh, I'm not going to make it. So um, he really lost that chance. And, you know, all those guys in that first crew, there was like one guy in that whole class that didn't get signed. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, it's something you really got to think about. So it's Kevin Bernhardt's jumping into wrestling, just meeting Booker T. Um, you know, People think reality of wrestling, and if you're a fan, if you're not a fan, you should be. That's the thing. We're, and I'm, I'm just not about putting over row. I love that it's local, but it's good. You know what I'm saying? And um, so you see Booker T come out, and you see these these rising stars, the 
the Genos and, and just all these guys coming through. Um, you know, Zach and Warren, just dudes flying around. I'm a big Familia fan. All these guys coming up. And you think, oh, that's the show. And then I meet and kind of hang out in the scenes and look around and understand that you, my friend, are the show. Like, so I know, I know you're like, uh, I'm, I'm just try, trying to put you over that. When we said, started this thing off, we said, this is the heartbeat. This is the backbone of reality of wrestling. I, nothing, nothing to take away from Booker. He is the face. It, it does not exist without Booker and Miss Charmel, all the work they put in. But for 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 everybody in that ring, under the lights, getting the glory, in the middle of the ring, holding up the belts, you're just the guy, the face that nobody sees. You're the guy that making everything, the, the, the cog that's making everything work. To me, that's what it seems like. And correct me if I'm wrong, but um, so what are you doing when... when People and don't get me wrong. I run my mouth a lot. I talk to all these guys. If, if, if you know, if you don't know, you know, I cut hair. I, do, I get some of these guys in the chair, and we just start talking. I've never heard. And I'm sure they're out there. One wrestler say anything bad about you when you mention your name. They light up and they're like, "That guy is awesome." Tell the people who don't know who you are what you do here at Reality of Wrestling. Ugh. All right, so um, we had a mini hat. Right. Yeah, get before it, you say that. We're coming back from from Chopped to the Chest Radio, coming back after about a year of not being on, Harvey, blah, 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 whatever excuses we have. We're back, and I told these boys I wasn't coming back unless we got somebody big for our first show to come back. People that are going to tune in, you know. Another wrestler, nothing against the wrestlers. We love wrestling. We're the love letter to local wrestling. That's why we do this. But to have you on the show, I was so hyped. I'm like, we're in. We're back. <laughs> it fueled the whole new generation of Chopped to the Chest Radio. What do you do around here? I Let's really go. appreciate that, man. I really do. Um, you know, there's always those people, you know, there's the Bruce Pritchards, the, that kind of guys there, you know, you don't you don't always see in front of the camera all the time, you know, but, but ran the company. Uh, you know, Booker, I always say, I always, it, it makes me feel good of, you know, there's people that are really good about giving the respect to do. And, you know, if you ever talk to Booker and ask him in an interview, it's like, hey, how does reality wrestling work? He's like, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, and it feels good. You know, you try and, you know, treat people well. And so I do all the um, production, uh, you know, put this show together. Me and Booker write the show. I'm co-owner of the company now. Uh, it's just been here since day one. You know, it's one of those things. That, and it didn't, you know, I didn't have any skill for this. I wasn't trained to do this. Um, you know, I learned how to edit on my own just by putting together little music videos and stuff. Uh, just because it's something I wanted to do. You know, I, I always just wanted to, you know, get my foot in the door of any way I could. And I should be like, you, you don't have to, you know, be the biggest guy. You don't have to. All you gotta do is try. You know, you gotta try. You know, I always tell people they're doing podcasts. It's like, how do I start? Do it. Just start. You know, you won't be good at first. You know, I go back and watch the original PWA and reality wrestling episodes. They're awful. You know, but again, like I had to learn how to do them. Uh, so, you know, for me, my jobs, you know, a typical, you know, week around here, per se, is, you know, me and here every day, you know, helping get the staff together because, you know, you gotta have trainers. So, you know, Tell everybody kind of what we're going to be working on this week, what we're going to be working Just on that week. Just happened to somebody's first time, they're, they're tuning in to us. What is Reality of Wrestling? You said you need trainers, so all so, around, sum it up. You know, Reality of Wrestling is, is, you know, kind of a one-stop shop. It's, you know, we have a, a TV show. We have, oh, your dad's gone. Um, <laughs> My dad was gone. I'm just kidding. Uh, so we got, we got a TV show. Uh, we have, you know, YouTube series, this kind of stuff. Uh, we also have a school that's involved with it where, you know, we train wrestlers, we train referees, we train commentators. Uh, you know, it's Booker T's school. It's a, it's his baby. You know that it's gonna get the next generation of wrestlers, and then those wrestlers, then if once they're good enough, get on the show aspect. Take of a it. pause there. You said this is his baby. 
like earlier you were saying, oh, we had to pay to get in. How much money has Booker lost at some point mm. doing this simply because he's passionate about the it's about wrestling? It's so passionate. Anybody that's ever been, you know, I know y'all are doing radio, so you can't see it, but like this, this building's big. You know, right. it's it's a nice building. It's uh, you know, we've always tried to have that. You know, I couldn't even come close. Like, I know at one point we were talking at one point, and it was like this is years ago, and it was well over a hundred thousand uh, dollars of loss. Um, this was, you know. Why? Eight years ago. Um, Why does he do it? He loves it. This is, this is, he's all, since he started, he told me one of his first things when he first started wrestling, before he even got out of wrestling school, he had mentioned he was like, because, you know, the wrestling school he went to, he's like, I just don't like how it's run. He was like, if I ever get to a point where people would want to learn under me, he's like, I want to have a school because I want to teach the generation how to do it right. You know, and this is the time he was just starting. He didn't even know how to do it right. But he was just like, I want to give back, you know, and, He's actually the first wrestler, which is crazy to think about. He's the first wrestler that was on TV, or first WWE wrestler to be on TV and have a, a, a school, um, to be like still an active wrestler. Now there's a million wrestlers that, you know, Seth Rollins has a school, this guy's a school. Like, but uh, yeah, Booker was the first active WWE wrestler to be able to open up his own school, you know. Uh, you know, people but, had- but it's not only, I mean, not only does he have his own school, own promotion, and then on TV show, usually yeah. everybody just does, does the own the school. The you training. do you do a school, or you try and do yeah. you know you become like a lawler where you have your own promotion, but you don't have a school and you don't have this and that. You know, it's um, you know, and a lot of that was uh, was by design. Uh, Booker told me really, or, or said was doing this speech really early on, that he wanted a self sustaining school, its own little you know little world. Um, he was like, there's a reason because we used to get so frustrated that like he wouldn't put us out there like to this to the mainstream yet, you know. But we weren't ready, we didn't know that, mm-hmm. but. He was like, I want to have you guys learn and learn under my tutelage, you know, learn how to do this so eventually you're good enough that you can teach the students. You know, I only have to be here, you know, three days, you know, two days a week and like then oversee, but like you can have the Ryan Davids and the Genos that know his methods, know his stuff, be able to teach the next generation. And that generation teaches the next generation, but teaches them correctly. Uh, that way, say, even if it's not just from his school, say somebody goes off, somebody moves to California, they can then pass on the correct knowledge of how this really works, you know, because there's a lot of guys in the Indies that like, oh, I know how this works. And it's like, there's a whole different world in that WWE yeah. kind of universe. And, and, and I know people, man, that came into this school and just, they weren't ready. They yeah. thought, oh, it's like every other, every school I've been to or every whatever. And they're like, man, I've been wrestling for, why am I conditioning for so long? Or why am I doing the same moves over and over? And exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's just, you know, we, we want to teach guys the right way. And then they can pass that knowledge on, you know, and. And so that's a big part with being, you know, a school too. You know, I don't feel like you can just be a promotion. Like, it's just my own personal opinion. I don't feel like you can just run a promotion, just bring in a bunch of outside people or people you know. I mean, it's, it, you can do it for an extent, but if you're trying to get guys to the next level, it can work really well for the promotion. It can work really well for the promoter. It can work well for the guys just to get experience. But like, if your goal is to get people to the next level, if you can't then work with them on what they did wrong, or have somebody that knows what you did wrong. You know, like that's another thing. It's like a lot of promoters and people that run couldn't tell you what you did wrong. Like really tell you. They can be like, oh, you need to work the crowd a little more, this or that, but like give you the real insight of what you need to do to get to the next level. Um, you know, and that's why I feel like you have to have a school in, involved in that because then you can bring them back to the school and be like, hey, when you did this or when you did that, man, you need to work on this and then teach them to really get better and better. But I also feel like you also can't just have a school because if you just have a school and then you don't have anywhere for them to reform it, then you can't teach them to get better and you know get better at this. So there's somebody listening to this podcast right now. This is their dream to step in the ring. They, they want to do it. 
what would you say to them as far as these guys that are on the show, some of these guys are holding belts, some of these guys come out and the crowd thinks, oh, they're the top guy, when really, you know, even even with the belt on their, or a title, I should say, on their shoulder, they're still in training. They're still learning. Um, what do you say to, to these guys that are, that are thinking about getting in the best asset they can have um, coming in as a student? Coming as a student, just know that you're coming in as a student. Know that you don't know anything. You know, even if you've been wrestling forever, you know, just come in with an open mind of, hey, this is how I'm, I'm going to learn it their way too. Um, that's the best thing I can tell you because if you go to WWE Performance Center, no matter how long you've been doing it, they're going to want you to do it their way a little bit because you might learn something new. You still can do it your way. You don't want you to get out there, but like always take that knowledge. You know, you have a Gino who can teach you how to do your roles better than you've ever done them. They can teach you how to do some of the basic fundamentals, even though you know how to do it, but learn something. Keep it up in mind. If you go to a bad, if you go to a practice, like I said, a batting coach. I, you know, I do I do the haircutting thing and I cut Gino's hair sometimes and he just kicks up my front door and rolls in. That's it. I'm totally just <laughs> <laughs> That's how he enters in rooms, but he's Gino's here, boom. But but I've talked to people in baseball and stuff, you know, just a lot of athletes and, and or basketball and say you're you know, batter, got a great swing. You know, you you can go out there, you know, you're in the minor leagues, you know, and great swing. And you talk to somebody that's been doing this forever, you know, major leagues, see something a little bit they could tweak, and you talk to a batter. And they're totally willing to be like, hey, when you do this, turn your wrist a little bit. And they're like, oh, man, I never thought about that. And they start practicing and practicing and practicing. Because, yeah, they're good. And they're in the minor leagues doing stuff. But then you have somebody that's a little higher above them, sees something different. You have to have that open mind because they can teach you how to be great. And that's something that you have a lot of, you know, we don't have a huge issue. And a lot of people think we would because um, we do bring in, you know, guys in the rest of And every once in a while there are. But for the most part, no, for the most part, uh, when people finally, you know, come in, like with that open mind, you know, they're like, okay, I'm ready. And when they do that, it's kind of like, you know, a guy, you know, having to, you know, kick drugs or something. Like, you know, once they're fine, like, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know, to t take any advice you've got. You have to be teachable. You have to be teachable, you know. And just, I think you just said it right there. The What's the one piece of advice I can give somebody of come in and be teachable, you know. Because uh, if you're not, you, if you're always a yeah, but kind of person, you know, hey, why don't you, yeah, but I was taught this way. Oh yeah, but I'm trying to get my character over this way. You're never gonna make it in this business. And Man, they, they should take that advice in everywhere in life, not only in wrestling. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you do in your job or career, take that advice. Be open-minded. Always take advice. Be willing to learn something new because that's gonna help you everywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've been here a few times, you know, and uh, to, to see the camaraderie from everybody, seeing everybody interacting. Man, it's nothing to come in one day speaking to everybody. Everybody speaks because, you know, you learn that one thing in wrestling, you speak to everybody no matter who it is. It's nothing to come in here and see Book painting. Oh, uh, he doing oh, something I've else. Seen it. He put his hands on, right? I'm like, hey, Book, what's going on? He's like, hey. He's doing something. And it's not just, he doesn't just leave it to, trainees he doesn't leave it to the guy he actually putting his hands on this you know and come on now this is his baby this is what he's doing mm -hmm. and you're gonna come in and think that you're above that come on man I'm, I'm waiting for a book to come out maybe it has and I haven't seen it things I learned in life that I learned from wrestling like yeah. that, yes. that whole come into a room and shake hands with everybody mm -hmm. you told me that Nate first yeah. time I started hanging out Nate's like hey man I would go to promotion with them doing some film work whatever just shake everybody's hand it's a thing da 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 but like I do that in life, I walk into a room from the CEO to the janitor. It doesn't matter to me, and and I want to say, and you know, I'm sure there's people out there who hate me, but people and Guabs is over here like, yes, I know for a fact. Um, but you know, I, I do get a lot of, of love from people just for that. Look them in the eye, shake their hand, no matter 
where they are in life. You, well, know? you made a, you made a comment, and you know, and, and this actually brings it kind of back around. Is uh, you know, luckily you said you know that you know when you mentioned me, um, people have good comments. You know, people say yes. you know. You know, I'm waiting for the one. I'm, I'm keep asking yeah. everybody because I'm waiting for a bad just comment about Kevin Burnham. Hey, trust me, there's somebody. Yeah, there are right, people right. out there. I'm gonna um, call Pride after this. Be yeah, like, you yeah, know what he said about you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know exactly. He, he said it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's one of those things of uh, you mentioned Booker. You mentioned him painting and doing stuff. And you know, if there's trash on the floor, he's gonna pick it up. If there's you know a room that's got to get painted, he's gonna do it himself. You know, if he can. And, and um. You know, he really he he's kind of stowed that on me. Of I'm very much, you know, I'm gonna work. There's a leadership thing. You know, uh, there's always those great pictures of you know leaders versus you know, you know whatever it is towards you know a guy in the front, you know, and then you know just whipping somebody, and there's the guy that's actually you know there pushing the yeah, and, and that's the one things we do so much around here. You know, like I want to make sure that nobody outworks me. You know, and, and that's just one of my my goals. And the reason I do that is because Booker outworks me. So my goal is to try and outwork Booker. And if the two guys at top can be trying to outwork each other, then everybody underneath has no reason to complain, excuses, this, that, the other. You know, nobody can, you know, it, and it's actually the very Vince kind of thing. You always used to hear, you know, Vince would never ask you to do anything he wouldn't do. And uh, it's true. You know, everything I've ever heard about Vince, whether you love him or hate him, it's nobody works harder than that man. So nobody can ever be like, oh, the guy up top's just, you know, sitting there being lazy and we're doing all the work. Uh, and I don't ever want people to feel that way because I know because I've, I have felt that way in the past, like people, the person right before I, you know, stepped in this position, you know, uh, I won't say his name, you know, but it's uh, for a while he's working hard, doing stuff. And then it, it became a thing where he was just telling everybody what to do, you know, got to load the truck, go do this, go do that, go do this. And I was like, man, it just, it really, really rubbed me the wrong way, you know, and it really did. And, you know, it's almost just a grunt, you know, we were all just grunts and it was like, yeah, man, but like, you're here, like you're sitting right next to us. Why aren't you helping? Like it's taking us forever. There's only five of us doing it. I mean, if you put your hands on it too, like this would go a little quicker, right. you know. And it always just really, it really rubbed me the wrong way, um, and it really just kind of, you know, got to me. And, and I, and again, I get it because now I know how much he was doing too. Like I do understand, like now because he was running some of the business side of it, like how much he was doing. But if you're there and you got, you know, you're just sitting there watching people do stuff, go do it. Speaking you know? of, I think you can get on the the Facebooks and Reality Wrestling. Maybe go back a few days and seeing Mr. Kevin Bernhardt. Shoeless, by the way, rolling around in the ring with some of these trainees, and I was yeah. impressed. Everything Man. that he does, everything that he said he does, uh, from the editing, filming, and all that, he did all that. He took time out of his busy day to get in there with the trainees and roll around. And to me, that to me that speaks so much of the person. You know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to put you on the pedestal like that, but I might have to. Do stand we'll stand do right here, sir. But I was at home like. You still got it. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was like, "Who are you talking to?" Hey, yeah, Don't worry about what I'm watching. Yeah, he did. Right? But well, you know, it's funny of doing that. Uh, you know, lately I've been, uh, you know, working a lot more with the, the new guys. You know, at least like twice a week. You know, just getting in with them. And uh, uh, let me say this: I go months without kind of coming through the doors and just checking things. And I'm just a dude. I'm nobody. Whatever. But it's it's amazing. All the it seems like there's always a new crop. Yeah, new crop the, you of know, guys, the students do, and this, the school's doing great. You know, it really is. It's, it's the biggest it's ever been. We've got so many new students. That's one of the reasons I want to get in there with them as much as I can. Uh, you know, because Booker is really busy right now. You know, he's got his radio show. He's got WWE. He's got, you know, he's doing some other stuff right now in L.A. Like, he's just nonstop, you know. And then his schedule, I don't know how he does it, then he still gets in here. You know, and it's, man, it's just insane. He never stops. But, you know, I try and take up some of that slack when he can't be here, you know, working with the guys. And, and I feel like sometimes you have to uh, – you know, get in there and roll around with the new guys too, because you know, 
if I just heard about somebody or this or that, or like, you know, somebody just telling you what to do, but you never see them do it, you're like, okay, is he really any good? Like, does he know what he's talking about? You know, especially like new, new people coming in, you know, they don't know me. Um, so sometimes you just have to like get in and roll around with them and be like, yeah, dude, I know what I'm talking about. You know, like, <laughs> right. trust me. Um, like, I can show you something. So that being all said, so what what do you do right here again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where it started. That is where it started. Are you Jamaican? Wait, who's got to be racist, bro? Many jobs. Many, many jobs. No, um. You're at a local wrestling show. You're having a blast. In fact, you're having so much fun that you forget you are homeless. You don't have a place to live. After the show's over, after all the streamers are thrown, after all the bells are rung and the finishers are hit, you get out of that show and you call Anthony Macaluso with Realty Solutions. That's Anthony Macaluso at 409-789-6533. Whether you want to rent, whether you want to buy, you just need a house. He is the man to call. In fact, he's a fellow wrestling fan. After he'll get you in a house, you guys can sit front row at the next indie local wrestling show. That's Anthony Macaluso with Realty Solutions. Check him out. 409-789-6533. Check it out, baby. So, run the day-to-day operations. You know, social media, you know, taking care of students, you know, getting payments, things like that. Uh, run the editing. So, the TV show part of it. Uh, you know, edit all the How late do you down. stay up and edit? You don't want to know. It's uh, it's it's you, you've seen me on Facebook. Uh-huh. I, wake, uh-huh. I wake up getting ready for work, and he's uh, he's still up there handling business. Yeah, um, you know, editing the show, putting everything together. Um, normally, about two two three weeks before the show, you know, me and Booker sit down, go through, you know, book the show. Right. You know. So so, so just people listening. So we're doing the every second Saturday of every month, yeah. and you're taking that one, let's say ten matches, eleven yeah. twelve matches, and you're you're cutting them up. And building entire months yeah. on, for a weekly show. Yeah, so we do. Uh, we take for uh, four, pretty much like NXT does. We, um, you know, we take one night, one day a month. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we take, you know, film four episodes. Uh, so normally it's around twelve matches. So it has uh, to make sense. Every, it's got to make sense. You got to have show continuity. Every main event. Yep, it's got to have continuity. It's got to lead into the next thing. You know, keep building storylines. Keep, you know, make everything make sense. Work with the commentary team, making sure everything's you know flows in together, and you know sometimes it's out of order. So you know, so fans don't see what's coming. You know, so you have to do you know, and and that's why the announcers get so much praise from over here, is you know because they got to keep up with all that too. You know, have all their announcer notes and have everything you know flow in together, and then take it all back to the studio, start chopping it up. Um, you know, put it together for you know the stations and put it together for you know fight, which I'm wearing my nice little fight shirt, and uh, and YouTube, which has been amazing for us lately. Uh, you know, we just had one of our videos hit over a million views. What video was that? Uh, High Un versus AQA in the steel cage. Ooh, right. what were uh, your thoughts? Good. What were your thoughts on the video? That, I really loved the video. You know, it was uh, and that match. Like, I'm fixing to tear them up. No, yeah, no, that match was it was so good. You know, and there's some people like uh, High Un's been around forever. You know, she's been around here. She's been doing so good. Right, just uh, freshly back from Japan. Freshly back from Japan. That was actually right before she left. That was her her send off. Let me let me I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell myself a little bit if AQA you're you're listening to this I just didn't I'm like man she's so small like yeah. much like you would yeah. do you know I'm like how's she holding this title like I just don't understand and I'm literally sitting in the crowd next to a guy and I'm like I don't get I don't get why she's champion we look up and she literally does I say that I don't, I don't she's not big enough does a shooting star press off the top rope into a crowd of people and I was like okay yeah. <laughs> like I'm <Solid>. done <laughs> shut up like, she, uh, she, she's, you know, and the thing is, like, we forget sometimes because, like, some people are just naturally, like, athletic or they have good timing or whatever it may be. Uh, no one's athleticism. And, uh, you know, I forget sometimes because, you know, she did so good so quick. 
that like she'd been wrestling like a year and a half. Right. You know, and I, I'm like, I actually was doing some work here, doing something random, and she was like first few days in, like yeah. that kind of interview, like, hey, what are you gonna be here? She's like, oh, I came to, you know. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. really talk like that. Well, I was just uh, I was wondering. Yeah. No, but she's just, you know, again, she's just so athletic and, and so personal, and people just, you know, fall in love with her. And uh, and Hyun just, she's Hyun. You know, the, the girl is just killing it on the scene right, right. now. And uh, and that match got a lot of because I guess it got picked up by some, you know, uh, some little. You know, message boards and this and that because of it was the first time, you know, they had seen a you know a female hit a shooting star press off the top rope. You know, because it's just a very rare move for females to hit. Right. And um, so I think it was like they've said like there's like two other people and you know they've seen in you know the indie scene that have ever done it. And um, so it was just it was just really thing and they got picked up by everywhere and then it started blowing up and you know such a good match and um, you know I'm really proud of her and then yeah the Impact show, she uh, took it a step further. You know, she's working with Tessa Blanchard and uh, Sue Young and Hai Young, and they're all battling out the floor. And all of a sudden, she just goes like, "Nobody told, like, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know anything about this going in. Like, I didn't talk to anybody. Uh, and I see her go up top. I'm like, oh, what are we doing? Like, cross body up top or something. And then hits a shooting star press all the top. And I'm just, you know, I'm like a kid, man, because I, you know, I train a lot of these people. I work with these people, so like, it's like your kids, you know. So right. when you see, you know, one of your kids doing something so great. You know, man, you just pop so hard for right. it. And, uh, I'm, I'm such a mark. Like, I talk trash like, oh, I don't need all these crazy spots. I just need good roll. And then they do it. And I'm like, oh, look, I love this girl now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, so, it's I'm great, horrible. man. You know, I'm and that's that's what I feel about it. You know, and, and we talked about, you know, what I do here and all that kind of stuff. And, and so much of it is, you know, the training aspect of, you know, not just in the ring training, but, you know, working with these people so much, you know. And I always say, you know, I've got, you know, God, I think we have 78 or 79 people on staff. You know, like between wrestlers and staff and all that kind of stuff, and um, and I'm the person they have to talk to. You know, I'm the person that like every night, every day, something's going on. <laughs> somebody's got an issue. Somebody's upset about something. Not Let's even talk upset. about that. No, yeah, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's bring the juice. Yeah, but not even you know upset. Sometimes it's just you know, you know they're having a problem or this or that. You know, you know I tell everybody you know come to me if they have something. You know, if they need something. Uh, so you know, so much of that part of the other part of my job is, you know, just. You know, like they talk about Jim Ross back in the day, like if you're doing talent relations, or just working right. with the talent so much and being so hands-on with them. And, and even if it's not a bad thing, just you, you have to know your talent. You have to know, you know, what makes them tick? What do they like? What they don't like? You know, what are their... And then you can write for them better too, you know, because you know the person, not just, you know, you can really get in with them. And, and that's been a big thing. So like with somebody like Angela, you know, per se, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I know all about her personal life, all this kind of stuff, you know. You know, so when, something I know that's going to make her really happy you know, or something, you know, that means something to her, you know, and you try and give them that moment, you know, like that night meant something to her, you know, yeah. so it was, you know, very much, you know, like you feel so proud. Let, let, let's talk about the night a little bit. Deep Impact, is, is it, it already aired, right? It was that yeah. night live, and, and, and uh, it really, you, and again, nothing against our, our road guys because we love them, but the tone was different in the yeah. Impact guys. Yeah. They were faster, they were more agile, but the flip side of this is every single dude that stepped in the ring hung with those boys. Yeah. And I'm hoping and praying, like my thing was, I think sometimes they can get complacent. Like being the best of row yeah. is awesome. But when you bring in a more national known um, you know, company like Impact, I I'm hoping I've talked to like something like uh, uh, Diego De La Cruz mm -hmm. and Jonathan Vega and they were like, no, definitely with this idea mm -hmm. of I have to step it up. Like I can't become complacent. I can't just coast on reality of wrestling. If I want to do, if I want to make a difference in this business, I have to turn it up. And I think that night, all the guys in Impact made the reality of wrestling guys turn it up. So you the really exciting did. thing is, is that it's in them. Yeah. You know. One hundred percent. It was. Uh, you know, it's one of those things we always tell people. Like, you know, it's not about being a mark. Or this, that. I always tell people go to go to a WWE show, go to an Impact show like, right. as a fan. 
Like, just go to it. Oh, I love it. You know, yeah. go to it and watch it as a wrestler. Watch it as, like, a studying day. Yeah. Like, watch how crisp they are. Watch how their body motion. You know, like, watch how they, you know, how they move, this and that. Because, like, you can learn so much by, like, seeing the difference. Real quick, just a little side note, little little rabbit trail. As wrestlers, why is that such a stigma in wrestling that you're not supposed to be excited about? You know, I'm really glad that it's, it's, <laughs> it's stopped. You know, and I, we're just going to a new generation. And I'm so happy because, like... When I go back to my first day, you know, my first time I ever got to go to WWE, um, you know, I got so much heat that night, you know, just from dumb, you know, because it's like there were so many little rules and this and that, and, you know, like backstage etiquette and everything, which, which is, is needed. What'd you do? <laughs> um, something so dumb. Like, Let's do it. Let's talk yeah, about it. Uh, no, it's so dumb, man. And, and But again, I got it. Uh, once you really sit and think about it, so those two things that happened. One, I got heat for. One, I didn't really, but I was like told, like, hey, man, watch out. Uh, so actually, I guess three things. Uh, yeah, it, dude, because there's always something. You know, there's so, like, WWE back then was so, the boys ran the locker room and it was very old, better, you know, and even just like, you know, the Benoit's and this and that, and, you know, Taker and all that stuff, like, it was very much like hierarchy, you know? Uh, and so the first day I was there, uh, I, actually, first day I was ever there was a house show. And um, we did our tryout that day, you know, all day it was a WWE tryout. And then afterwards, uh, we were just chilling. And there was some, you know, right before you got to Gorilla, there was no, um, what's it called? Uh, There's no catering or anything on like house shows. So they just had like buckets and it had, you know, a whole bunch of like waters and Gatorades and Red Bulls and things like that, all that stuff. And uh, we're about halfway through the show. I'm dying because I just did a tryout, you know? So like I'm dying, and, you know, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. And I go and it's about halfway through and I go to the big tub and there's some water in there and there's like a one Gatorade. And so I'm like, oh, thank you, a Gatorade, because I'm dying. So I go to pick up the Gatorade, and um, at the time it was the Pitbulls, it was um, uh, Kid Cash and Jamie Noble. And Cash comes up to me, he's like, hey man, you just did a tryout? I was like, yeah, and I'm all happy, I'm about to open, he's like, put that down right now. And I was like, yes sir, he's like, if one of these guys come to the back, and there's no more Gatorades, and there's just some water here, and he was like, "That's the, and they see some rookie with the last Gatorade, you know, the nice drink, sitting there drinking and quenching his thirst, <laughs> they're gonna be pissed because like they want the nice drink, you know? I'm like, it makes perfect sense. Like I didn't wrestle, you know, like you're coming back and like, you know, so I get it, you know, it's little things like that. Did so, you like, open it yet? I hadn't opened it okay. yet. Okay. Oh. So like he caught me right before and he was going, and his music was playing. This is what was, I meant so much. Was it kind of like jerky or was he like no, helping you out? No, he was helping me out. Okay, and that's okay, why okay. I'm so like, I was so thankful because like he said, he didn't need to do that. You know, he could have watched me. He could have come to the back just laughing because again, he knew I was going to burn myself. He could have gave you the gate right here, man. Go exactly. ahead. Oh, and sit back and watch. 100%. And his music was playing like they were about to go out and grow And like I said, he stops for like half a second, you know, to tell me, he's like, hey, man, don't open that. And he gives me this little quick explanation and then he hits the curtain and goes, like, man, that meant so much to me. Um, the next time was uh, like a month later, I was doing a pay per view and just as an extra, you know, doing druids or whatever. And um, you were a druid? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so we're doing that and uh, I'm standing like on the stage and uh, so it's just throughout the day you know it's right by the ring you know where the ramp is and uh, and everybody's you know we're just waiting around just hanging out and I guess they're doing like camera tests and all of a sudden Pat Patterson comes over he's like hey who are you I was like oh, I'm one of the extras doing Drew he's like yeah go ahead and get on the other side of the barrier I was like okay I didn't think anything of it next day books like who got talked to last night about, you know, being in the way and this and that? Did Pat Patterson talk to one of y'all? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, Vince was pissed because, like, Vince calls Pat on his headphones, like, get that kid out of here because um, they're doing camera tests and, like, trying to get clean shots, like, seeing everything, and they're just, like, somebody they don't know to standing on the stage. <laughs> and it's, like, goes to the great thing of, like, hey, just be 
a fly on the wall. Like, don't try and be, like, spotted. You know, like, when you don't need to be seen, don't be seen. You know, right. it was just kind of rule back then, you know, especially, like, new people. It's like, who are you? You know, like, they don't, you know, so, again, they're doing camera tests, they're doing lighting tests and stuff, and they just, like, look at a stage and see, like, some kid standing there. They're like, get him out of here. Uh, you know, just dumb stuff like that, you know. But, again, it makes sense once you, like, think about it. You know, the last thing that ever happened to me, and, like I said, then I really smartened up. Uh, luckily, nothing happened because, uh, so I got really cool with the Usos because I helped train them and worked with them a lot. And, um, and they started from here. And uh, so I was doing a show, and this was after I'd kind of gotten out of wrestling a little bit. Like, I was kind of on the tail end. And uh, I went to a show, you know, they're sitting there watching the monitor because if anybody's been in the backstage, there's normally, like, just a big TV set up and just some people just grab chairs, you know, like, put some lines of chairs and rows. Nothing very exciting. Nothing glamorous. And um, so I'm sitting there with the Usos talking, so we're all in the front row of the, you know, little seating watching the show and then they leave like they're like hey our match coming up i was like all right cool man see you guys later then what some people walk by some people walk by and then somebody one of my friends you know some other guy that know there's like hey man why don't you go like to the back row or stand somewhere and i was like and i looked around there's nobody else there like you know like talent there's some talent like scattered around and then like nobody else in the front row except for somebody that's not signed somebody that's not just sitting in the front row taking up all this space and it's like, maybe you should go sit in the back or like go sit somewhere else. So we're like, if a big name comes by, they can get a good front row seat. And I was like, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. Right, right, So, right. Um, you know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So pretty much you're saying the Uso set you up. Yeah, completely. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, you're right here, get a match. Yeah, I got my match, man. Why don't you stay and watch the show? And they're like, uh, the, the Gatorade thing didn't work, but now, but now we, we got, got him. him. We got him, uh, which is something they would totally do. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, man, so like there's a lot of little things, you know, landmines you gotta, you know, you know, go through when you're doing that. but. You know, and that's part of my job here is keeping those people from hitting those landmines, you know, because, right. you know, that's such a big part of wrestling. And, like, that's why, you know, you talk to everybody. You know, we just had an incident this last show, you know, which I won't really get into, but it's like, I know. Just <laughs> say, man. Just say. I want that juice, baby. New person that came in rubs people the wrong way. Okay. And um, and then it's my job. Even it wasn't though he's me. Not a student, it wasn't me. No, <laughs> no, but even though he's not a student here, it was kind of, you know, it's, it's your job to, you know, hit him up and be like, hey, man, whether this is right or wrong, whether this actually how you come, you know, whatever, this is how you came off. So, like, if you want right. to fix that, you know, that's great. If you don't and you feel like you were justified and right, I'm never going to tell you how to live your life. How, without dropping names, how did they re- respond? Uh, okay, thank you so much, you know, and that was kind of, you know, a thing. Then it becomes, once you give somebody the Iggy, once you tell them what's up, then you see how they react. Right. You know, if, they, if the next time they're down, whatever, they make better, great. If they come back and act the exact same, then obviously they think that this isn't an issue. Right. And then it's up to them to decide, hey, man, maybe this isn't for you. Right, right. Um, Because there are times that, you know... Let's talk about that real quick. Give me an instance, no names needed. If you want those names, they'd be better for me. But whatever, um, that somebody just didn't react well, and you've had to fix it. You've had to fix the problem. You would have come in and... Oh, yeah, I got a lot of those. The fixer. I got a lot of those. But, um, you know, I'll use use an example of something that happened, and then it redeemed itself in the end. Um, You know, I was talking earlier about Hyun. You know, about... Okay. She's throwing names. Yeah. I saw, um, you know, uh, it, it was one of those issues that she was rubbing people the wrong way. You know, I always tell people when you start here, this place isn't always fun, guys. Like reality wrestling is not like the just right. go. I mean, just have fun on the weekends. It's not. It's it's a job. You know, it's it's a hard place to be. Um, you're gonna get told you suck a lot. You know, sometimes you know if you do bad, you're gonna told you do bad. If you do great, you're gonna get pat on the ass. Told you you did really great. Um, and but when you're not doing good or when you're slacking, we're gonna tell you, hey man, you're slacking. You're not. You know, you're not stepping up to your full potential. Uh, normally what happens is somebody that just starts is really gun ho really eager really excited 
then they start getting on some shows and they start getting out on more shows like the indie shows and they start getting booked a lot and uh and sadly not, not sadly but like when you're then with talent that maybe not be as good or you promoters that just don't care like hey man the crowd was hot so we liked it they're not worrying about how, how your future and your career is how was your moves this and that like how'd you work they're just gonna tell you good job you know 90 percent of the time as a promoter if especially like a talent that's not one of our guys i'm not watching them that close like it's just kind of whenever he comes back to the back he's like how was it and they did good you know if then you hit me up later and be like hey man can you give me critiques i'll give you some critiques but just the day of the show and be like hey man good job tonight mm-hmm. you know unless it was just awful right um and most time when some guys get out there on the indies, they just start getting good job, good job. You're doing great. Hey, man, good job. Pat on the butt, you know. And somebody like Hyun, when she first got in, and then we're telling her, you need to work on this. You suck at this. You need to work on this. Your timing was bad on that. She's like, man, I'd rather go do that because that's way more fun. So then it becomes, you know, she gets a little bit of an attitude when people are telling her she's not doing herself wrong. She's like, well, everybody else likes me. Everywhere else, I go, I'm a star. And, um, and she got kicked out for like a year. Um, you know, she um, you know finally sat her down. Like, look, man, obviously this is how you feel. Go out, go have fun, go enjoy it. Because I'll never tell somebody they're doing something wrong. Like that, that's wrong. Because some people just want to do this for fun. And I told her, I was like, hey, look, go enjoy wrestling. Then, like, no heat, no issues. But this just isn't a good place for you. Um, she went out, did the indies for a little while, and she was like, wow, I'm not getting anywhere. You know, like, or I'm not getting seen. I'm not doing this and that. And you learn real quick sometimes like if you really have a passion for this that like that's not fun you know just going out and wrestling sometimes like it's it's fun when you then have somewhere to go and get better but it hit her really hard it was like wow i screwed that up you know and just like everybody we're always going to give people a second chance we're always going to take you back in um i'm glad that you said that yeah. so if you're out there you're listening and let's let's be honest the majority of our listeners are either wrestlers or wrestling fans i yeah. mean you know who are kind of a little more in the business and you felt like maybe you've crossed wrong wrong pass with rally wrestling come talk to somebody yeah you know you know and that's the thing it's you know and, and, you're, you're and you got it, it yeah. and you got it you know the biggest thing is you got to drop an ego you got to let you, you know you got to come in and say hey man you know and again if you don't feel like you were wrong that's fine i'm not going to tell you you were actually wrong you just was wrong for here you know uh there are people that have styles and stuff that just don't mesh well here and they're doing great other places because that's you know but again it doesn't work well here um, that doesn't mean you're wrong. You know, I'm very big about that. You know, I'm never going to tell somebody your style is wrong, you know, or whatever. Because you might not want to be, you know, this might not be the place for you. Uh, we try and teach people the WWE style, you know, that kind of, that's where you're trying to go to. If you're somebody trying to go to Ring of Honor or Japan, like, this might not be the best place for you. You know, go to, you know, the New Japan Dojo. Go to the Ring of Honor school. Um, and I'll never tell somebody, don't go somewhere, you know. Right. But, um, but if you feel like, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, the Lockhart's, everything. You know, I was just talking to Eric recently, and, you know, he came back, and he was like, you know, cause he was, he thought he was more pain in the ass than he was. Like, he really wasn't, but, like, he was always opinionated. He was always trying to, you know, and he told me, like, after now he's running stuff, he was like, man, I must have been hard to work with. You know, I was like, yeah, sometimes, you know. But, again, he learned. You know, yeah. he got older. Uh, Alex Reigns is another prime example. Um, you know, and he's doing so great now. He's up north uh, running, uh, was it, uh, Rocky, yeah, Rocky yeah. Pro, yeah, yeah, and uh, it's funny because I didn't talk to him in a while, you know, because a lot of these guys, you know, even though we might not do great in the business together, you know, something might happen, like we're still friends, right. like I never, I don't dislike anybody, honestly, in this business, like there's nobody I'm like, man, I hate that guy. He might not be the best to work with, right. you know, in a wrestling sense, but I don't dislike anybody. When we turn but the mics off, you can tell me. I'll tell you exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but but Al Train's another prime example, you know. Uh, 
you know, he got let go because, you know, and I'll just be up front, you know, he's, we talked about a lot. He's, uh, you know, we have a very strict rule, which is for safety and things like that. We don't do pile drivers around here um, because Booker is very much WWE. We don't spit, like in people's faces, things like that, you know, because it's a TV right. kind of thing. Like a lot of TV programming doesn't want you to spit in somebody's face. It's just a, it's a no-no. Uh, we don't do pile drivers, you know. Um, we had a match and he knew that and he was like, hey, but I think I can get away with it, whatever. Like they won't, you know, and he gave somebody a pile driver and Book kicked him out. You know, he's like, all right, cool. You're the champion here. Get out. You know, right. he was tag champion. He still is like. And let's let's bring that back. I remember that pile Ta- driver. Yeah. Tag champion with who? With Ryan. With Ryan with Davidson. Bruce yeah. Ryan Davidson. Yeah. Alex Reigns left. Ryan Davidson did a what? Uh, he got yelled at. He Like, both of them got yelled at, chewed out that night. And um, afterwards, you know, Alex was like, all right, man. Like, he just, this wasn't, for, you know, whatever. And his mentality where he was at that point, he was like, cool. I'm, you know, I'm just going to leave tonight, whatever. Ryan was like, man, we messed up. I shouldn't have done it with, you know, like we shouldn't have done it. Uh, he went and talked to Booker. He was like, hey, man, this is where, you know, this is what happened. And there was uh, some kind of punishment in a way. Yeah, like, there yeah. was. Um, you know, Ryan, you know. And now he's. And now he's the champion here. Oh, no, no, no. I'm uh, just saying. Yeah, there was a... it, it, it's very much, you know, like you, know. you got to, you know. And I like Alex Reigns a lot. Oh, no, no, me and Alex get along great. And that was kind of where I was going with that, too, was yeah. um, that happened. And then. You know, and Alex, you know, at the time was a little upset about it, of course, you know, and like even afterwards, but like never had a bad word, never that kind of stuff. And uh, now he's running a company up there. And uh, so we talk every once in a while, he's like, he sees now the other side of it. Right. You know, like he's grown up. He's seen like, oh yeah. Like, Did he just give you the message out of nowhere, yeah, hey, brother? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we talked on time and he was like, man, um, yeah, I can see it now. So back to my original question: Why can't wrestlers be uh, fans of wrestling? Well, well hold on, <laughs> I, hold on. I see where this is coming from. Yeah. So uh, we <laughs> went to a way off. We went. To, <laughs> I was okay with it. I was yeah. okay with it. <laughs> we went to a pay per view like uh, uh, last year. Was it last year? Which we, one? War Games? No, no. It was uh, the one that next uh, the next day after War Games. Uh, it was well, no, we did. So we did Survivor Series, but the last one we did was oh my goodness, I cannot remember the name of the sh- uh, Chamber Elimination Chamber. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay, so this is what happened. So <laughs> we're getting ready to go. So it's Guap, Chevy, myself, and our buddy Mario. Shout out to Mario. No, Laraka. Laraka. So what happens is the guys getting ready. They're grabbing the replica belts. They're putting them on. And so he's there's, like, there's no yeah, can we get you one? And I'm like, no. Yeah, Mar- Mario's there's our no buddy. to say replica. <laughs> our, our, our buddy Mario owns a lot of the replica championship <laughs> belts, and um, he likes to carry them to shows. And he's my bud. I like to, I like to, you know, do that for him. I, I don't carry it because I think I'm whatever. It's more laziness out of my. Now you're stuck with this big piece of gold all the whole show. It is. It's a pain because there's not a lot of room, and you're <laughs> sitting there with a belt. We, we, could, we weren't affording the box suites that <laughs> time. Yeah, I don't know. So, hey, but you know what? We made. Um, the kid's day one day. It was his birthday. Yeah, yeah. And, and we all had. We all gave him all the titles. Of, yeah. And he took a picture. I mean, with all. He said, um, it was, I think his mom said, Can my son? And we, yeah, man, we just chunked all these times. And the kid was just like so, so hype, you so know. You see, we made his day. Okay, but finish your story. Like, I know where you're going with that. It's like they, they got the belts and everything. We're walking in. I just got my hands in my pocket. And like, Nate, what's wrong with you? I'm good. I'm good. So we go watch the show and everything, right? And so sitting there, one of them has to leave to go use the restroom. It's like, can you hold this for me? I'm like, yeah, I'm holding it. And they're trying to take pictures like Nate with the belt. Got him, dude. Nice. Like, Got him. Really? Nice. Come on. Nice. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it, it's, um, 
it, it's a really weird thing, man. And, and like, I, I'm glad that's kind of where we we're going earlier, and that's how we went way sidetracked. Right, right. I was but, okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it used to be a thing of like wrestlers aren't fans, you know, this and that, like blah blah. And I'm glad because it's the same way the locker room is now. Like it used to be that. You know, man, it was so strict and this and that in the locker rooms. Now, if you go into a WWE locker room, like people are playing video games, like this and that, because guys like the Usos are now the locker room leaders. You know, new, you know. Uh, it's the what's nerd the, era. Yeah, it's the nerd era. You yeah. know, you got guys. Xavier Woods is like, yeah. walks in there like he's Taker. <laughs> Dude, you know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, I mean, wasn't Kofi's like the leader, you know, of the locker room and stuff. And it's like, you know, he's a gamer. He's a fan. He's always been a fan. Uh, so it, it is changing a little bit. You know, there's always going to be certain things. It's like, do you feel like even in the indies, like the attitude kind of trickles down from WWE? It does, 100%. Down to the... 100%. You know, I, it's funny now that you can almost see the reverse of... It's where I used to talk about that wrestler handshake, you know, a little limp handshake, this and that. It was, um, it, it became a thing of like, before that was showing that like, you knew how to work. You know, that was like the symbol, like in the indie, like way back, you know, in the... And then at my first WWE show, I went to shake Triple H's hand like that. And he looks at me, he's like, if you're in this locker room, you're a wrestler. Shake my hand like a man. And I was like, yes, sir. You know, and since that day, I was like, all right, I don't do that anymore. Um, and it became a sign to me and a lot of the people that have been like to WWE or this or that, that like when you go on the indies, you see guys get it's like, okay, he doesn't get it. Like it almost became the sign of he's not a fucking, you know, he's not a yeah. worker, you know, because and now seeing guys that are like very old school, like you can't be a fan. This and I'm like, okay, you don't get it. You know, which means like kind of reversing now because it's like, okay, you can be a fan. You can enjoy wrestling. We all enjoy wrestling. We became wrestlers because we were wrestling fans. Right, thousand uh, percent. And so I think there are levels uh, and, and certain things of like, you know, if you're a wrestler, you know, like trying to make, like, you know, there's always that level. Of like, like the belt thing. Like I personally wouldn't, because again, it, it just doesn't mean anything to me. Like, but if you're a, if you're a belt mark, like, yeah, get every belt you want. Have them all around your house. Like, if that's what makes you happy. I personally, it's just not, isn't a thing to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just not a thing. Like, I wouldn't want to be walking yeah. around because, again, I didn't win that belt. I didn't do I anything. I think they're beautiful. Oh, dude, yeah. I love, like, I, I would love. love to do it, but I have three kids. Yeah, right. I, I love yeah, championship belts. I love championship belts. Like, I'm a huge belt mark. Like, if I, I wouldn't mind having them in my house and, like, you yeah. know, just, like, for, like, you know, things like that. But to me, like, it also is a thing of, like, I wouldn't, and I think there's some maybe, even around the house, I don't even know if I would because I love the way they look and stuff because, I also think it's one of those things of if I was an NBA player, I would never buy a championship right, ring. Right. You know, like it would just be like if you don't earn it, you don't for, wear it. And I guess for me, just talking on that, if you're out there listening too, for me, the belt symbolizes the era. More yeah. so than the actual, like, oh, I don't think I'm a champion. Yeah. Like, I had the uh, the Winged Eagle, the Attitude Era belt for the while. It was WWF, not Love. WWE, you know. Favorite belt. And I had it hanging on the wall, and I loved it, you yeah, know. That wasn't, and, and that wasn't the Winged Eagle. The Winged Eagle is the one from the 80s. Okay. That's the... Uh, so, there's yeah, a, there's yeah, an eagle with wings. Watch dropping now. I know. Yeah, that's what we keep around. I can't uh, even, you know. But, but, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I think it really just depends because on Because I'm an Attitude Era fan. Yeah, and I think it just depends on what you look at. I mean, I know people come in, and they're like, you won that? Looking at my physique, I mean, and I have to, I have to yeah. correct him. No, no, it's just an awesome know. piece of art, yeah. you know. Uh, and I think to that is one thing. Um, I would probably, and I hate to say this, but there's still a little bit of that in me. Like if I went to a show, uh, there's also just some little respect things. They're just dumb. Like yeah. if you go to a show, like especially like say an indie show, and you're a champion of some other place, this and that, and you go walking around with your belt, and this, and I'm like, dude, take like this isn't real. You know, like you're not a champion. 
like take it off. You know, <laughs> uh, you know stuff like that's happened. Um, we all just thought of somebody. I did too. Yeah. Uh, I got you. Was <laughs> After this, we'll talk about it. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, um, were we there last week? Quiet, <laughs> 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 you. <laughs> but but the, the things like that, you know. But I'm so happy that we've changed that mentality. I'm so glad you can talk on social media, you know, about being a wrestling fan and that kind of stuff. And you know, and you'll see wrestlers now, like WWE wrestlers, going to an indie show. You know, and just hanging out. Like that's awesome. awesome. You know, it's such a cool. You know, we're such a cool time to be in wrestling. Um, you know, it's not all. It's kind of like we were joking earlier. I was joking with some of the guys about. Um, uh, you know, we used to like skateboard and like rollerblades and stuff. And you like you weren't getting wear knee pads because you know you wanted to be cool. You know, it's like you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Like in wrestling, you didn't want to say you were wrestling fans. You wanted to be cool. And it's like that kind of stuff's gone. You know, and there's so much to just enjoy what you do. Um, so. You know, it's funny that you said that. I did a show a few years back. Actually, I had the pleasure of meeting. I'm not name dropping. Drop those I'm names. Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Great. And like we were talking, and I, I just was in awe because I actually got to meet them. And I was like, I'm not trying to be a mark, but like I've been watching you guys, man, because that's when TNA was like really doing things. And I said, I don't want to be a mark. And he was like, I, we were all we're all marks sometimes. Exactly. You know? And I was like. Well, he said it's cool, so I'm like, okay, it's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's same thing of, um, you know, one of my biggest regrets, and, um, and I try and make up for it now a little bit. Uh, it's still hard for me every once in a while, but, uh, you know, pictures. Uh, so often, like, and I'm not, like, saying, like, take a picture of, like, celebrity kind of, like, or, yeah. or name wrestler, but, like, even before, like, the boys want to take pictures with each other and stuff, like, you know, just kind of, like, grab a picture. Hey, we're in the locker room. Oh, man, let's, you know, yeah. we're doing something funny. Let's all grab a picture. Uh, because you know it's a mark kind of thing like ah you know we're all friends we don't need to be but it's like man but you lose so many memories you know right. so many cool things that happen and, and I, I was uh, I was in the locker room and people hired me to take pictures like whatever and I'm shooting these pictures in the locker room and most of the guys are like what what is he doing and in my head whoever hired me is usually a friend of mine yeah and I'm like I'm not shooting to give these guys pictures tomorrow ten years from now when yeah. they're done wrestling they're gonna look back at that locker room picture it's so cool and man. be like oh, I was sitting next to that yeah. guy and he's either here or there or whatever it was it so just, funny just a friend you know there was a guy and he was lacing up a lucha mask and I shot a shot because I thought it was a cool shot he was helping his buddy yeah. and they're a heel face whatever and a guy goes hey don't don't shoot that picture it's kayfabe and I was like I, I didn't even I, I didn't know this guy I didn't yeah. want to say anything and I just not oh okay but in my head I was like you know, talking, you know, like and that's part of the like yeah. I um I'm, I'm glad that we're getting away from that some and a lot yeah. uh because there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, dude, if you take if you take that so serious, I'm gonna stuff yeah. nowadays. I'm like, dude, and you're gonna regret usually, it. It's usually guys, and I hate to be whatever that are like, what, what are you doing, man? You know that, what I'm saying? And, and, you're, that's, you're, and that yeah. becomes what I'm hey, talking. Don't judge me. No, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what I was talking about earlier. Uh, oh. <laughs> but no, that's what I was talking about earlier. Though it's like it almost becomes a sign of like who gets it now, like yeah. who's who's evolved. Like Booker's so big about, and he talks about this all the time. He's like, you, you know. One of the reasons he's done so well for like a long time, and people like him, you know, like the, this generation still gets along with him, and this and that. He's like, cause he was able to evolve with time. Like he could have very easily been like a '90s guy, stayed in the '90s era, wrestled like a '90s guy, saw guys that are doing other things, and be like, oh, blah, blah, grumble, grumble. Now he sees guys like Ricochet. He's like, man, if that's what wrestling is like, good, you're doing great. You know, he sees a guy that you know doing this like, good, you're doing great. This is what wrestling is right now. You know, like you got to evolve. You know, like at the, at the school here, one of the things that's helped so much is. Because he's still in the mix of everything, like I remember one of the first tryouts we did something in, and I won't get too technical in this, but it was like we did a wrist lock, and the way I sold it, 
they were like, no, we're in the, I did it like really realistically, like grab your wrist, this and that. And they were like, no, we're like, um, think over the top entertainment. This isn't MMA, you know, whatever. I was like, okay. So like did a certain way. And then I went back like a year later and did the same thing. They're like, we're competing with MMA, blah, blah, blah. You got to do it this way. And I was like, so completely different. But I was like, right. okay, this they've changed. They've changed how they want it. That, that's funny you said that because I just, I just listened to a Dolph Ziggler interview. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions was like, if you because uh, Kevin Owens now started doing the stunner. Like, if you get a stunner, are you going to settle like The Rock? And he said the exact same thing. He was like, that wouldn't fit now like it did back then because yeah. now you have to do, and he said with the MMA, the more reality thing. Exactly. Right? And it's just where, where's the company going? Does the company want us to go in this direction? If they do, then that's what we're going to do. If they don't, then that's what we're going to do. You know, like, you've got to, you can't just be like, oh, this is the way I do it. You know, you've got to be able to, and with the school, we've we've changed our program before. Like, you know, the way we do roles, like, we want you to take your left foot forward and do a stance because that's how the performance center does it. Cool. Then that's what we're going to do because where are we trying to go? There. Right. You know, so it's like, we're not just setting our old ways of we got to do it this way because that's the way we learned it. It's like, all right, well, did it change? Cool. If you go to computer programming school and this and that, if you start in the 90s, you're going to do it different now than you did in the 90s because technology's changed, the times have changed. Same thing with, this, you know, guys with that kind of mentality of, oh, don't take pictures of me in the locker room, this and that, blah, blah. You're like, that almost is a sign. You're like, all right, dude, like, you don't get it. Like, you know, like, we're, we're done. We're past that right now. Like, and I do like kayfabe in certain little things. Like, not kayfabe. I like being able to use what's going on now, like with social media, yeah. and use it in your favor. Yeah. Um, you know, I love whenever, if, if there's no kayfabe and a lot of time, and like everybody's doing stuff, and then all of a sudden somebody does something, it's like, oh, is this real or is this a work? Right, you know, right. It makes people think because we've broken down that barrier, so now you can use it in the reverse. It's yeah. like because everybody's so open and honest and all that stuff and talking about random stuff, then all of a sudden you have somebody that's a real jerk online, and you're like, what a jerk. Right, right. You know, and it's like, no, he's just working, you know, but it's like, but you don't know. Because again, we've had to learn how to adapt and evolve. And if you do it all the time, then you're a thing. But if you're annoying a nice guy on the internet, because you're just being who you normally are, right. and then all of a sudden you do something really crappy to somebody, because, you know, people are like, wow, what a jerk, you know, and this and that. But he might just be getting the reaction he was trying to get out of you. Sometimes you just got to be the realest guy in the room, you know? That's it, man. You got to, you know, there you go. <laughs> We're you sitting did, here man. with, uh, yeah. with uh, Kevin Bernhardt. Producer, writer, co-owner, cameraman, film editor, trainer, trainer best friend, um, yes. mentor, uh, mentor, probably a uh, um, therapist at times. Are we missing uh, any? You know um, normally, what? I would add that first. Right, therapist is first. Therapist. We shut down usually around this point, but I'm not passing up any moments. If you give a couple more minutes, I want to hear what is going on in reality wrestling that you're excited about. What can the people look to the future coming up? So our next big thing is Summer Champions. Uh, Summer Champions is always one of us. We have two big shows, or we know every show we feel is big, but you know we have our two big shows every year. Summer Champions and Christmas Chaos. Christmas Chaos was our first event we ever did, so it's our anniversary show. It's our WrestleMania. Uh, Summer Champions was something that became big for us, you know, because we had so many big stars, so many big moments that have happened. You know, Lita came in, you know, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle. You know, we've had all these guys come in and kind of bless that day and kind of, you know, christen it. Uh, you know, every year we have some stars coming in. You know, this year we're going to have, you know, some NXT guys coming down to, you know, do that same thing, you know, because luckily we have a good working relationship with WWE, you know, able to help us out. And, um, you know, because, again, they saw the place, they've seen everything, they want to help it. You know, just like they used to back in the day. 
is is there a hub now? Like, okay, so NXT kind of took the spot of Florida Championship Wrestling, OVWs, and now are they getting forward? Like, no, 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 we need those back, not to channel into WWE, but to channel now into NXT. Into NXT, and that's you know kind of what we're trying to you know become that you know that that place is you know they've got a couple places they're working with us is trying to. You know, rebuild the indies. You know, because when you take so many stars from the indies, you got to rebuild it. You got to right. reprint on shit. And um, you know, one of the things they can do is taking some of these guys. You know, they've got Evolve, they've got us, they've got some other companies. You know, in the works with that kind of you know to, to replenish the indies and to get guys not to go to WWE but to go to NXT. You know, that's always been our, our our goal, and you know, we're doing good with it. And it's about to crank up even more over the next year of not trying to say, hey, we're the gateway to WWE. We're you know, it's not. You can be the gateway to NXT because that's where the next group is. Um, you know, and then they go from there and what they can do with it. But uh, so we got NXT or um, you know, any summer names champions. you can drop for summer champions. Uh, there will be in the next like week. Okay, because uh, we're still confirming some names. This so. is this uh, is dropping on the fifth, so they've already yeah yeah come they're, they're probably yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, in in that show, you know, one of the guys has been just killing it lately. Um, will Lockhart, Will all day. Right. He's just been killing it lately. I, I know he's gonna be. Oh, yeah. it's Lockhart. Who who all these Lockharts? What's in the blood? I guess it is, man. They're, they're workers. Um, he's gonna be working with uh, Brendan Steen inside of a. We're gonna have a street fight, which is gonna be insane because man, their their ladder match. If anybody saw it, was Dude, crazy. Man, um, Will is just killing it these days. Brennan is both both already committed to chopping the chest in the near near future. Yes, to being on yes. shows. So. Uh, no, they're so good. Yeah, we should have them at the same time. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna have a multi women multi women match, which uh, you know it's gonna be Hyun AQA. Roxy Kelly just debuted as Rachel Rose this last week so I'm really excited to see you know what she can do in that uh, Ivory's going to be in town which I haven't got to see her in forever so I'm really happy if I get to see Ivory again uh-huh. uh, and she's going to be part of the match yes and then uh, uh, working on Roxy right now she's got some other dates and bookings but she's going to be in there um, so you know when you get all those you know such good female talent in there we actually right now just kind of a side note have ladies night or women's night going on right now at the school that we're at we are once a week every Tuesday. Hyun, after getting back from Japan, gets all the women together. People are even coming from out of, you know, not even at the school. All, you know, women coming in from around, the, you know, the state to train and do that Japanese-style wrestling and, you know, just to learn, you know. That's amazing. It's been really gracious. Yeah. yeah, she just, you know, when she came back, she's like, hey, I want to teach. I want to I want to help give back. So, um, you know, she's doing that, uh, which is probably some of the bumping you're hearing in the background. Is, right, for sure. Yeah. But uh, so you have that. And we're going to do something for the first time ever. Normally, Summer of Champions is a pay-per-view, you know, nine ninety-nine, whatever. Uh, we're actually going to do it free. It's going to be on YouTube. Hold on, can you say that one more time for the people? The free word. It's going to be free. Shot to the chest, radio exclusive. In five days from now, you can watch Summer of Champions for free on YouTube. That's it. We're going to be streaming it free. Uh, There's just a way to, you know, the YouTube channel has been doing so good for us, and there's so many people subscribed that we just want to do a promotional thing to give back. Um, you know, normally it's, you know, you know, nine ninety nine. We want to do it for free just because we want to give back. So everybody's been doing so supportive. Because Reality Wrestling is doing something so awesome, let me encourage you. Let me ask. Go to their YouTube page. Share it out on your page and say, look at this awesome local Texas wrestling, baby. That's and it. Before, before, before you share it, subscribe, though. Yes. yes Please need more subscribe. subscribers. I need that notification button, too. Yes. I need that plaque, guys. <laughs> that, that YouTube plaque is coming in, and if it does, I'm going to take total credit because they don't yes. have it yet. But after we do this podcast, it's coming in, baby. Chopped in the chest We're radio. We're plaque. Uh, Help know, with the plaque. So I'll been, sign you know, it. It'll be really, okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been really looking forward to this one. This is going to be one of those, mat- one of those nights. Um, you know... Normally it's about you know two hour show two and a half hour show we're um, 
We just got our new. Doesn't group. feel like two hours and toes and a half. I mean, it's flying through. It goes yeah. through, you know, man. We knock it out, you know. I mean, there's our, times that I'm like, should I go pee now? Should I wait? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, the biggest thing with those events too is like every match is a match that was coming. You know, it's the big match. You know, there's no fillers in these pay per views. There's no, you know, okay, this match I can go pee real quick. You know, no, it's like each one of these matches is a match that's you know really gonna you know get the fans going. Uh, so and honestly, one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to than anything is our women's division. You know, it's been really doing well. I'm really proud of Rachel. You know, she's been out there on the indies, just you know, match after match, and really paying her dues. You know, she had to start off as a ref. Um, you know, paying her dues that way. And I've seen her in shows, um, other other promotions, and I didn't even put two and two together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because she uh, like lights up. Yeah, she she becomes such a you yeah. know such a person. You know, and it's it's really great to see. You know, I'm seeing another person that I've really worked with a lot. The other biggie that's going to be going on, and people that just saw it coming out, uh, Rex Andrews returned finally this last dun, 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 and maybe uh, his podcast will return. Let me tell you, slut. let me tell you about Chop the Chess Radio. We've recorded two different podcasts with Rex Andrews, and every time something has happened, and they they didn't air. We're like, gonna do them again. The last time it was the hurricane, and then the first time I think we had just dissolved like we just couldn't get the podcast together and that's when we ended it the first time this is our third time back we don't give up yeah exactly we're coming back but yeah he's gonna, know? he's gonna be teaming with brian keith versus gino and cristiano that's um, awesome. to wow. me that is the main like that is a that's main gonna event be good. Right that's there. gonna be yeah. a great match uh that is gonna be something you know especially with how just hot everybody is with all those right. guys rex if uh, you're listening buddy we, I, we love you there's nothing nothing personal we still got your podcast yeah he's uh that man Rex. like honestly if there's anybody in this business that like i respect more than anybody there's two guys, and it's Rex and Gino. Yes, know, those two guys true. just are phenomenal. And then in the main event, as always, you got Ryan Davidson. You've got the man. He's going to be facing a yet-to-be-named WWE NXT talent uh, Ooh, for the championship. So uh, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to be a really good night. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, and then just the rest of them. You know, we got you know Ladies Night Out coming up again. Uh, the following week after that, you know, we got Ladies Night Out. Uh, Telly and Title Match Wrestling does such a good job with those shows. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next you know few weeks, few months. That's amazing. Got a lot of good Real quick, we're gonna wrap this up, and I'm gonna ask you a crazy question that you're gonna wrap up in, a, in just just a few minutes. What do you love about professional wrestling? I, I love the boys. I, I love the guys. You know, I really do. Um, you know, the reason whenever I stopped wrestling, the biggest thing I thought about was. Man, if, if I don't do this anymore, like all the relationships, and you know, you still be friends with these guys, but like getting on the road, being at the gym with everybody every week, you know, having those relationships, it's such a different bond than anything else. I always say a lot of it's like a military bond of, you know, as you go through so much together and, you know, good and bad. Uh, you know, I love the boys. I love, I love being around the guys. I love, you know, teaching more than anything, I think. I think it's probably my biggest passion is uh, not even just in the ring, but just seeing some of these younger guys become men and become you know good young women you know and like making good decisions just getting out there and working i've taken more pride in that than anything i've ever done in the ring uh like i said seeing aqa you know the eyes light up when she does something you know great or you know seeing somebody maybe that started off little rocky like i said like a high end and just becoming such an amazing but like this like i never would have thought three or four years ago that high end would have been the kind of person to say hey all my spare time off would you mind if I gather everybody to help them? You know, cause like she was so just about, you know, not trying to be me, she was about herself, you know, and it was, right. it was about her. 
and this doesn't get anything out of I, teaching people. I, I think we live in such a generation with, with, and I sound like an old man, the Instagrams and the whatever, social media where everybody's like, me, 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 pay attention. And I think there's such a, a, a commodity about gratitude yeah. and I giving to, back. I had to make her, it, uh, last week, week before last one, the first week that we did it, um, I had to make her take a picture with everybody. So I was like, I want to share it to everybody. I want to show. And she was like, no, this isn't for like everybody. This is just so like we're doing right. it. And I was like, no, like this is something, you know, and, and that goes back. look back on Yeah, and this is something we talked about earlier with the pictures and that kind of stuff. Like, no, like I always get on to Booker and, and he's still so bad about it um, is tell people what you're doing, you know, because like nobody knows and he never talks about like going out to some random place and giving out water or doing this or doing yeah. that. You know, like he just does it because that's him, you know. And I'm like, hey, let me take a picture. Hey, let me post this out. Let me do stuff. Because it's just not in him. Like, that's just, he's just doing things, you know, like these little nice things or this or that or taking some kid in or this. I'm like, hey, let me mention that, you know? And he's like, oh, no, nobody cares about that. And I'm like, I, I, they do, you know? And it's really, you know, it's been nice over the last, you know, year. Like, he's broken down a little bit into mentioning stuff or, you know, doing something on social media, Brad or something, I'll take a picture of him, you know, doing. I'm like, good, because again, like, it's, he just does it because it's him, you know? Right. And, and, and like, how young, you know, she's just doing it because it's her, you know? And, uh, you know, who she became. And that's what I, I think I value the most out of, if anything I ever did in this business, if I could take away that like somebody is better, even just a little bit, not about wrestling, just is a better person, you know, works harder, treats people better just because of what we kind of worked with them, then that's that's what I take the most out of this. My, go ahead, you got something to say? Oh yeah, man, if, uh, okay, he got so many pedestals right now, I don't know if I can put him on another, but I will, okay, so. Uh, I remember, You're a big uh, guy. You can take him up there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can <laughs> take him up there. I'm right. little. Get the muscles. <laughs> hey, he's okay. been carrying me for years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I've been out of pocket uh, lately. Uh, the work and a lot of stuff. So uh, it was one of the things I've been in wrestling for a long time, long period of time, right? I've been out of pocket. But one of the things I had to do is uh, row is like one of these places. Don't stay too far from here, man. And it's the the omniots want to come in here, the camaraderie and everything, and. For me, being the person I am, being in the business a long time, and Kevin said earlier, you know, you got guys with that mentality, I done did this, I done did that. I got a hold of Kevin. I communicated with Kevin. I said, Kevin, man, I've uh, been out of pocket. I would like to come. I'd like to come work out. I'd like to come train. And he's like, yeah, yeah, come on. Come on. That's the kind of guy Kevin is. We talked about it, you know, discussed some things, and, you know, he opened the door for me. And for that, I'm truly grateful, you know, able to be able to come here when I can in order to do that because he, he, I don't know if he sees something in me, maybe these gray hairs, but he wants me to be better. He wants guys around him to be, grow and be better. And to me, that truly says something, you know, books like that, he's like that. And the whole time, Kevin's modest. He's just like, that's nothing, man. It's cool. It's cool. But to me, it says a lot. You know, a lot of people might write you off. A lot of people might, you know, ah, you know, we're but for him to actually open that door for me, it says a whole lot. So much respect to you. Hey, man. You know, it's always what we do. You know, we go, we go, we go way back. Yes, sir. Uh, we go way back. And and just about being a good person. Um, you know, it's really easy. Everybody asks me why I'm so nice. You know, you'd be like, why are you so nice? I'm like, man, it's, it's easy to be nice to nice people. And that's just a motto I've always had, you know, like, you know, if you're a good person, it's really easy to be good back to you, you know, and I try and do that to other people. It's, you know, if, if I'm nice to people, I, you know, it's a lot easier for them to be a little nicer to me, you know, and it's just how I want to try and live my life, you know, just be nice to people, treat people well, and uh, hopefully it comes back to you. And, you know, and if it doesn't, you know, Booker's favorite quote in the world is, you know, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. 
uh, it really does. Uh, I'll leave y'all with um, one little Booker story of um, just of that, you know, where it is, and you know, my first interaction ever with Booker, which I had to tell him about way later on, years and years later. Uh, just kind of wrap this up. I um, when I was I had to be around, you know, 11, 12, something like that, uh, maybe even a little bit younger, uh, and maybe around there. And um, so my best friend's mom, he was one that got me into wrestling. It was so cool. Uh, she worked at a bank, and one day Booker came to her, tell her bank whatever, and you know she talks. She's like, "Oh my God, you're Booker. My kids watch you all the time. They love you. Him and his best friend come watch wrestling every Monday." And he was like, "Oh, that's so cool." Blah blah blah. They start talking. He's like, "What's your number?" So she writes her number down on a piece of paper, gives it to her, and he's like, "Tell him to be at their phone at six o'clock tonight." So my buddy, you know, comes home. He's like, I'm, "Booker T's gonna call at six o'clock." This and that. And I'm like, "What? No, that's it's crazy." So we go sit by the house, like me and like three other buddies. Call some buddies over to come sit over there. So we get there, and six o'clock rolls around. Phone rings. It's Booker. Uh, you know, just get a quick little. You know, hey guys, make sure to watch Nitro, man. Thanks guys for supporting me. You know, like it means a lot that y'all are such big fans. Blah, blah blah. Booker was doing the TV title run at the time, so like he was just getting his big singles push, and um. And it just really hit. Yeah, the picture right there, Booker's TV title. And um, and it was one of those things, and I told Booker about it years later, and he never remember it. You know, he was like, you know, he's like, yeah, it sounds like, man, you know, yeah, sounds, you know, about right. And to me, it was so crazy because, like, it was some random mom that he saw. You know, he's the, you know, traveling around the world, biggest star, this and that. And he's going to take his time out of his day to call some 11-year-olds, you know? Like, most indie wrestlers I know would never do that. Would never pick up a phone and call some indie wrestlers and be like, hey, hope y'all like wrestling, you know? Keep watching, you know? You know, but it was like, and his, his thing to me, what he told me that day, and I've taken it so much, he's like, it didn't cost me a dime to do that. It was like, it, it might have made y'all's life. You know, if y'all never gotten around, that might have made y'all's, you know, like, that might be the memory you take with you forever. He's like, it didn't cost me anything. He's like, why wouldn't I take five minutes out of my day to pass something so great to somebody along? And man, that really stuck to me, you know, it really meant something to me. And like, that's why I try and if somebody comes on hard times or this or that and says like, hey man, can I, I can easily be like, no nah, man, I can't help you out, you know, sorry. But like, did it cost me anything? Did it hurt me in any way to take five minutes out of my day to sit and talk to this guy, you know, or whatever? Have to tell him, yeah man, come down to the gym, you know, see if you can do this, you know? Doesn't take anything out of me. So, um, you know, I always take that and I always try and, you know, pass the knowledge on other people. El Guapo, any final thoughts? No. Like I said, new attitude, new era. I'm excited. Excited. Yes. Mr. 409, let people know what Chop the Chess is, baby. <laughs> Man, Chop the Chess is uh, our love letter to professional wrestling, local wrestling, all over, no matter who you are, where you're from. If you have wrestling anywhere around you, please make your way to the venue. Man, if you're in the uh, Texas City, Lamarck area, 409, Texas, baby, come down to Reality Wrestling, right? We are here with Kevin Bernhardt, literally the heartbeat, the brain, the backbone, the, the left spleen. Is that a thing? I don't know. Of reality, of wrestling, the man wears many hats. We've been talking for we've been talking for, for about an hour and a half almost, and we've barely scratched the surface of everything that you do and, and just how long you've been in the business and all those things. I definitely want to bring you back. I want to dive into more current things that we're doing um, um, but man thank you so much for being here I am Chevy Chavria the excellence of podcast execution this is Chop to the Chest Radio baby Woo! we are back and with Kevin by our side we're better than ever we are out you want to say bye before we go goodbye boom baby